0: Ladies
1: and gentlemen, are you ready for ganar of America?
2: No commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome to another edition of BOA Audio Season 9. I am uh, still in the tiny room, so bear with me. Uh, Greg and Dana don't know about the tiny room, but I've had been forced to move to practically like a dollhouse to broadcast the show from, so I'm <laughs> I'm still in the dollhouse, folks. But uh, <laughs> thankfully, I'm not in the doghouse because we've got uh, an awesome pair of guests tonight. How about that segue? I'm talking about Dana Matthews and Greg Newkirk. They are paranormal adventurers. They go around and get into trouble, essentially, in this in this weird world of high strangeness. And I had the pleasure of hearing them on coast to coast uh, back in October or so, and just really enjoyed listening to them and I was like I would love to talk to them and they seem to uh more than a lot of people in this field they really seem to get it and and what I mean by that is they don't take this too seriously but they also respect it and I think that's kind of the key to uh surviving in all of this really you know if you don't have a sense of humor about the paranormal and the strange, you're doomed to go down a very scary rabbit hole. So, thankfully, these folks are kind of just standing on the edge of the rabbit hole, peering down and maybe rappelling in with some, some rope or something and pulling themselves back out. So, it's, <laughs> they they <laughs> they uh they have quite the view on all this. And what I like about it, too, is uh, they go out and, and do shit. They go out and do stuff, which is awesome, because I wish I could go out and do stuff. And uh, they get into some cool adventures. So, it's going to be a fun conversation, I think. Greg and Dana, welcome to BOA Audio.
3: Hello. Hey, thanks for having us, man.
2: Oh, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. Like I said, I really have enjoyed listening to you guys on coast, so I figured uh, let's get them on with all of America, because we can really uh, cut loose and have a fun conversation. So we do the bio, the background, to start it out. Uh, Ladies first, Dana, tell us about you, uh, your background, who is Dana Matthews, and of course, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, folks, Dana and Greg are married, so... We'll do sort of, yeah. like, Wow, what, uh, did what did we say? Big spoiler.
1: What
3: did we say? That was the one I thing said. you weren't supposed to talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm
2: so I guess, glad I asked you before the show
4: started. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I've been interested in the paranormal for pretty much my whole life, I guess, like most people. But I've been actively participating in paranormal adventure, as we like to call it, since probably 2001. And um, really, for the first couple of years, it was sort of just ghosts and and hauntings and all that kind of stuff. And eventually, my curiosity sort of opened up, and it started with
3: Bigfoot, and we just went from there. And hey, listen, you're glossing over a big part of your I'm path. doing that on
4: purpose. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. I, in 2000 Three, I hosted a very terrible Canadian television show that we'll rename, What was the name?
3: We'll no, it's the Girly Ghost Hunters. It's available on Hulu. Oh, if anyone would like to look it up, even Pretty in bad.
4: America. Boring, yeah.
3: Even in America. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
4: <laughs> Sucks big time. <laughs> really, I, I remember
2: hearing about the Girly Ghost Hunters, uh, and I was like, "What is this shit? What? Is, this is weird." Yeah. I
4: actually
2: thought it, it was, was a really good idea, though. It was. It's you know.
4: It, I mean, like it, for the most part, I, it was just my friends and I, and we got—I mean, we got to travel around to all these really cool haunted
3: places in Canada, and investigate them. And it was out a full year before. Ghost no, Hunters No, it wasn't.
4: It was six months.
3: Oh, six months. Yeah, we did. But you beat them to air. You beat Ghost Hunters to air.
4: Yeah, and they're they're still going today. And <laughs> <laughs> we had that one glorious season. So yeah. Greg, that's kind of you know, quality,
2: it? though. Aren't the best shows, you know, they go off the air after, like, one or two seasons,
4: and everyone's like, that's bring true. them back! So. No one wants to do no. that. No. <laughs> the fun, Especially fun you. point is, when you are watching it on Hulu, if you are watching it on Hulu, there's a lot of really fun Facebook comments that people have left over there. Oh, that's neat At the bottom that you can read
3: through. and. That's me. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that um, must be. Yeah. The we go. The, the life of a Canadian television star. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
4: from there we, Greg and I co-founded uh, what was at the time Who Forded and became yep. Weak and Weird and yep.
3: Planet Weird, and we've been traveling around and chasing monsters,
4: chasing monsters
3: ever since. I mean, my background is pretty much the same thing. I've I've just never been on TV, so it's no. it's not quite as interesting. I know. So, uh, so yeah, you're I am mean, not on bury the. Uh, not on Hulu at all. No, I will spare you the uh, the extensive background and just say I, I've been a weirdo for a very long time, and uh, you know uh, now I'm in a I'm in a position where I can I can go out and actually chase monsters for real, and uh, do it any chance I can. Nice, nice.
2: Well, th- he, well since you didn't tell me much about your background, Greg, I'm going to kind of <laughs> <pretend it. laughs> I'm going
1: to assume the, the charges were, the were dropped.
3: They were. They were. Actually, what's funny is Dana and I actually met because we ran rival ghost hunting websites when we were kids. Uh, oh, God. And uh, hated each other.
4: Back in the GeoCities days. Back in
3: the GeoCities days when everything was justified to the left, all the pictures <laughs> and everything. He's a, oh, he's nice. An automatic builder. it was terrible dancing skeleton gifs yeah. and that kind of thing. Love that kind oh, yeah. Of- we hated glitter, each other for Glitter
2: everywhere. F-
1: yep. Oh,
3: glitter. Yeah, blingy. Yes, that's I what I think was, that came along like, a little later, yeah, though, it
2: didn't
1: it? It was, was way like later. I was MySpace
3: or something. Yeah. Right. We had those, too. The embarrassing MySpace photos are still out there somewhere.
2: But, yeah,
1: we, oh, we sure. hated each
3: other. Sure. Dana got a TV show. Me and my friends got upset, so we, we built an exact replica of their website with us dressed in drag, put all of their visitors on our website instead, and hated each other for seven years, and then I essentially stalked Dana until she married me, and... <laughs> Here we are. Wow.
2: Awesome. Seven years really?
4: hmm
3: Yeah. Jesus. We've been together how long now? Um,
4: eight, nine.
3: Eight or nine, something mm-hmm. like that. Wow. Doesn't matter. Wow.
4: A lot of years.
2: It's a paranormal love story. Um now how about this? Okay. So you didn't this is this is the setup that I was getting to for the question. I'm gonna make you really think here, you two, so uh bear oh, with me. Okay. <laughs> um All right. Well I found interesting just now listening to your your bio your background is uh and uh Dana kind of alluded to it is that you started out in the ghost realm uh and, and right when it kind of exploded so you know like you said you were in it for a while and and uh you're all mixed up in the ghost thing so a lot of people they get they they get into their niche and they just stay there and they never get out of it so I guess what inspired you to evolve out of uh ghost hunting you know you still you still uh dip your toe or whatever in it, you're still part of it, I guess you'd say. It's like Dylan going electric, sure. you know, he didn't stop playing music. So it's like, uh, you know, what made you guys expand and evolve, as I said, you know, into monsters and, and you know, this, this uh, traveling museum of curios and all this, all this stuff that you're doing uh, now?
3: It was the natural progression, I think, of where we were headed. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the explosion of the ghost hunting community around that time helped kind of push us into some other stuff. I mean, if you've got 10 ghost hunting teams in the same town and they're all looking for the same things at the same places, there's really there's really no need for it. So we decided we wanted mm. to look into some stuff that people around us weren't looking into. And uh, that kind of pushed us into some even weirder stuff.
2: Yeah, that certainly sounds like it, yeah. Well, I think after, like, years and years and years in the ghost thing, how much further can you take it anyway? We've talked about this on the show before. It's like... right. How much evidence can you accumulate until you reach some kind of critical mass where you're like, I've got a thousand EVPs, dude. Enough's enough. What
3: <laughs> right. am I gonna do? Well, I think the the, the the interesting thing is the reason that there's kind of this weird ceiling that no one can get across is because, like you said, people kind of get into their to their niche and they go, well, I I know that ghosts are real, but those guys who believe in UFOs, those guys are nuts. And then the UFO guys are like, ah, oh, those guys who believe in Bigfoot are nuts. And they don't talk to each other, and they don't they don't share evidence and things like that. When I think if they did, uh, they would come to the the point where they realize that all of this stuff is connected, mm-hmm. all connected somehow in a way that we don't really understand yet. But there's so many threads that wind into these different, you know, these these different areas, but we don't see them as much because people refuse to work outside their comfort zone.
2: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And the weird part too is like if you talk to a lot of people like who are who who are in this, I guess you could say. And I I don't hate to delineate sort of like between the listeners and the guests and and that kind of thing. But it, 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 what I mean in a sense is like the people that I talk to say like the same thing. You know what I mean? We all sort of say the same thing. The people who are on the show. So it's like who who? Mm-hmm. But 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 I've met people who are like ghost hunters, and I don't want to rip on them. But you know who are like they have no idea who somebody like Nick Redfern is or something like that. Right, you know, mm-hmm. So it's like, right. how do you not know who these people, <laughs> who, these, who <laughs> these other people are?
3: Well, I mean, it's, you know, we, we love ghost hunting. We love Bigfoot hunting. We love going after UFOs. We like to do all that kind of stuff. And, and there's lots of people in every one of these fields just doing amazing work. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that, you know, when it comes to actually like evolving and pushing any kind of, uh, you know, paranormal research to any, any usable space, these people are going to have to learn to work together. Otherwise, you know, they're just never going to come to a conclusion. Right. Yeah, I
4: think that we got we got to this point where we were sort of like, why? let's explore all of it. Let's sort of open ourselves up to all of it and go out and and meet people who are doing different things. And maybe there's something that we can learn from all of these people and from all of these different experiences.
2: mm. Well, it seems like you guys are doing a good job so far. Like I said, uh, I really enjoy your stuff. Now tell me about the goblin thing cuz uh, to, to, to me that seems like the most uh, I don't know, titillating of all. It's so weird and and it's like it's one thing to look for a Bigfoot or a UFO. I don't even know how you describe it, you know. At least they're mainstream or something. But goblins right? Are like, Jesus dude, like I wouldn't, you know, why, why 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 are you going looking for a goblin in the first place? So <laughs> Tell me about this whole goblin thing that you guys have been, dub, uh, you know, since the fall.
3: Well, I think the word goblins kind of throws people off because they hear the word goblin and they're like, what? These people are full of crap. Mm. It's, once you get over the fact that it's just a name that was given to some, some strange creature by the media right. that just kind mm. of stuck, you know, you realize that there's a lot of people who have seen something very strange in, in the same area for several years. And some mm-hmm. of them have given it different names. So, like, you've yeah. heard gobsows, holler goblins, all kinds of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, once you get past the name, you can kind of look at, at these cases. Well, what happened was, uh, several years ago, we got an email from this guy from eastern Kentucky who claimed that these little creatures were coming out of a mine shaft on the edge of his property. Uh, he lived in a very rural part of Kentucky and said that they were scaring his children. They were coming up to their windows at night. They were looking inside his his windows. They were uh, stealing the kids' toys. And eventually it escalated to the point where he said they took his dog. They took his dog. And he found this mine shaft. And there were all these kids' toys and his tools and things like that. And he he sent us pictures of these three-toed footprints, very strange footprints. They had dermal ridges on them. Uh, I mean, really, really weird stuff. They were, I right, think, right. Were probably about six inches long or so. Mm-hmm. And the more we started looking into it, the more we were like, you know, this sounds a lot like the Hopkinsville Goblins case from uh, back in the '50s. And for people who aren't familiar, it was it was you know still considered one of the the best documented cases of of potential extraterrestrial contact. This uh, farmhouse in uh, Hopkinsville, Kentucky was besieged by little creatures that they nicknamed goblins. Uh, They were looking in their windows. Uh, These people shot at them. Uh, And it happened over the course of two days. The police got involved. People saw flying saucers crash, all kinds of crazy (laughs) stuff. But it was witnessed by so many people. Uh, it, It has so many similarities to what started happening in eastern Kentucky, and it it got to this point eventually where this guy's like, listen, I want you guys to come out. I want you to, to document this stuff. You can do whatever you want. Just don't use my name. I'm a doctor. I don't want people to know that this stuff's going on. Uh, and then he just, he sent us pictures of these things, which, you know, in true paranormal fashion are, are, you know, blurry. And, uh, uh, you you can't really make out too many details, but it looks like these little, pale creatures peeking around trees, uh, and then he disappeared, and we couldn't get anything else out of him. And it turned into this bizarre chase where Weird. we were trying to figure out where this guy's house was, and you know, people started <laughs> emailing us that that, that uh, so other people said were, we're men in black, and it, it turned into this big, bizarre thing. Weird. But where we've come to now is Uh, we've found all of these cases of similar encounters that have happened all up and down the Appalachian Trail. Uh, And they seem to coincide with the mammoth cave system. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling that there's something going on in the caves and around these areas that all these people have been seeing for 50, 60 years. They've all given them different names, so no one really realizes these are all connected. But there's something really happening. And uh, we've been trying to figure out what, and uh, it's just—I mean, the, the deeper we dig, the crazier it gets. Now, what do? Because
2: I couldn't pick a goblin out of a lineup from a gremlin or a or a gargoyle. So, what? How do people <laughs> describe this thing? So, so people can kind of—or these things—or whatever, you know, what, what do they what do they look like? Uh, so we can kind of get a mental picture, at least, of what the witnesses describe them.
4: Back during sort of the the very first, uh, the Sutton case, they were described as being about three to four feet tall. They were very pale. They were bald. They had very large kind of shiny black eyes. And the one thing that really made them stand out more than anything was that they had these, what they described as these gigantic ears. So they almost looked like, almost like elephant ears. They were were Mm. very big and very strange. And... um, the more recent cases or the more recent stories, I guess, a majority of the descriptions are pretty similar aside from one weird little detail, which is that the ears seem to have uh, gone away and that people today are seeing pretty much exactly the same thing, but without the the large sort of ear shaped things on the side of their heads, which is interesting. I mean, that, that opens up a whole, you know, bunch of new questions about what potentially those things could have been or, you know, like, how it relates to the new case.
2: Hmm. Makes me think that they like lived deeper underground a long time ago and have slowly been making their way <laughs> to the surface. So like they evolved off those giant ears so they didn't have to hear as well. But who knows?
3: Mm-hmm. One of the new weird people, things that I, I mean, thought was like if these things really were from a crashed spaceship like they said in, in 1955, who's to say it wasn't part of a helmet?
4: Yeah, and I mean like one anymore, of the oh, – one of the more interesting details, too, to the original case was that when the family were shooting at these creatures, they described hearing the sound of like tin cans, almost <clears> as, <throat> as if the bullets were sort of bouncing off of them, which hmm. maybe they were wearing some sort of weird suit or like, you know right. what I mean? Like there's, that's always a possibility that um, they could have been wearing something to sort of protect themselves from the environment around them.
2: Now, this is from the 70s, right? These that, stories- this is
4: from 1955.
2: Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, does do you think? Hmm. See, I'm having trouble reconciling maybe that they that these aliens would would still be around in the area. So, so. Uh, but I'm confused. Right. Then, so. Right. <laughs> Part of me just figures well, they're sort of like weird cave, cave, cave dwarves or something, cave hobbits or something like they,
3: that. They they absolutely could be. Like we we have no idea. Maybe the maybe the UFO crash that happened in 1955. The alleged uFO crash had nothing to do with the case, and maybe these things did come up out of the ground and are, are have been living in caves uh, but it's it's strange that uh it's strange that they saw a flying saucer that went down near a cave in Hopkinsville uh, mm-hmm. that these creatures came to this farmhouse and what 's interesting, a detail that's often left out of the story uh, that was told to us by Geraldine. Uh, who is uh, the daughter of Lucky Sutton, who actually shot at these creatures? She said her grandmother said she didn't think they were there to cause anyone any harm. They actually approached the farmhouse with their hands in the air, so they had oh, really? their arms in the air, and they still shot at them because they were terrified. And these things <laughs> ran off. Yeah. So you know, yeah. it's just it's a lot of strange coincidences that this happened around the Mammoth Cave system, and all of these sightings that have happened in the you know fifty sixty years since are happening around the mammoth cave system. so Which spans, like, know. pretty much all of Kentucky. Oh, yeah, it's the largest cave system in the world. Yeah. It's the the largest cave system in the world.
2: And so and it it, I presume then, the since it's it. so big, nobody can, like, no one really goes, uh, people go in, but it's like no one really goes in, you know what I mean? Oh,
3: I mean, largely unexplored.
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there must be miles and miles and miles of cave systems in there that we could never even imagine are, are there. I mean, and if something, you know, for the sake of, you know, the conversation, if something w- was living there, it would be sort of the perfect little highway for it to sort of cruise around the state, basically, pretty much undetected.
2: Yeah, especially if you knew where you were going, you know, mm-hmm. and lived in there. You'd so, be adept at getting through these caves and shit, you know. There's a, there's a goblin
3: highway right underneath Kentucky. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. That's weird. That's a weird story, yeah. Yeah, I've heard a little still bit about that on it. thing. So you can't you know, find this doctor. He just he just bailed on you after sending the pictures. Uh, I mean,
3: t- well, here's here's what's interesting. We finally, uh, late last year, we finally said, you know what, screw it. Uh, we live in Cincinnati now. When we started investigating the case, we were living in Canada. So now that we're in Cincinnati, we're very. I mean, we're basically Kentucky. Uh, we said, screw it. We're three four hours away. Let's go to this town, uh, and we'll start asking around. And we went to this town, and I took the pictures that were sent to us. And, I mean, honestly, this place, it, it's in the middle of nowhere. There's, there's one gas station that doubles as the grocery store.
0: There's no wow. cell
3: phone service. It's in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when we showed up, I start waving these pictures around, and within half an hour, you know, there's two dozen people who have who've met at this place to tell us stories. People mm-hmm. have seen and it's it. these things. It was
4: interesting because people, people didn't know who, this, who, who the person was. They, they had no, you know, they were like, we don't know who this doctor is, but but we can tell you that these photos aren't, this is normal here. We find stuff like this all the time. And they basically were able to tell us all of these stories about experiences that, that they've had throughout the years and their grandparents have had and forever. That sort of, I mean, completely mirrored all of hmm. the evidence that we had collected over the past
3: couple of years,
4: which was really I mean, interesting.
3: People recognize yeah. the footprints. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in the strangest part, this is the strangest part, and this is stuff that no one knows. We've never we've never done an update to this yet, so no one knows mm-hmm. any of this yet. Nice, uh, but <laughs> so scoop scoop. <laughs> so there's uh, this guy starts saying that you know a year or two ago they saw a giant flying saucer. They use the word flying saucer above their town. They said it was bigger than a jumbo jet, perfectly round, that hovered there for four hours. Uh, Other people were coming in to verify the story, and everyone was nodding, and they said uh, the the government came in the following day and said, what you guys saw was a satellite, and uh, it's no big deal. And this guy said, listen, (laughs) I know that I'm not an educated man, but I'll tell you right now, that wasn't a satellite. And the next day, they printed pictures of something looks completely different in the newspaper.
2: Jeez, this was a couple of years ago. So
3: something's going on. Yeah, just a few years ago, something's weird. happening there. But they say the police won't come. The police won't take them seriously. Uh, no one will pay any attention. And uh, you know they don't have cell phone service or anything. And I'm sure that their internet access is limited. So this this town is is uh, there's weird stuff happening. And they want to get to the bottom of it. I mean, everyone was offering us four-wheel drive vehicles to get up it to the old insane. mines. Yeah, I mean, Jeez. really, really bizarre. And we were only there for four or five hours. We just took a day mm-hmm. trip.
2: My God. Well, maybe some of these bigfoot hunters should change professions and get get the hell over to Kentucky or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we've seen go, them there
3: too. Go where
2: the action is. <laughs> 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 My God. That's crazy, dude. That's really crazy. But it makes sense in a way. I mean, they're kind of they're kind of like uh sequestered from the world, so
4: right, Yeah, you know. it's right. so isolated.
2: Yeah. Very, very
4: weird. Perfect man. place.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like the these whatever these creatures are, they want to be sequestered from the world too, so they're they're perfectly happy there. So, it makes right. perfect <laughs> sense that they they'd all live together in a <laughs> in a little bubble. Oh, man. So now that kind of brings up a general point of just like how you guys go. How do you decide what to go and and check out? You know, because you've done other stuff. You've gone and you've gone on a Bigfoot hunt. You did uh, this UFO uh, how to how to become an abductee thing. I presume that was sort of uh, an adventure. You want? How do you decide what kind of what kind of stuff you're gonna do? Because I presume at this point you get a lot of. Like I don't know why the hell this doctor guy was writing to you in the first place. Thank God people like that don't write to me.
1: Uh, Cause I would
2: like freak out. So, like, I presume you get all kinds of crazy emails from people that are like, "You got to come down here. My dog just recited the the book, the Book of Revelations." And you're like, oh, no, "I don't that, know if I can."
3: Would I would definitely totally go to that. For sure. <laughs> so, how it
1: do
2: you really just comes what, what you're going to check out? <laughs> I kind of want to see we're, that dog now too. <laughs> we're
3: we're bored easily. So, yeah. you know, we want to do things that uh that are different. We want to do things that are actually different. It's like I said earlier, you know, if there's if there's hundreds, if not thousands of other teams out there who are investigating the same thing, they don't need us to to help. Hmm. So, you know, a lot of what we choose to do is, you know, things that we think are interesting or that other people won't touch. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you know, a dog like goblins. Uh, reciting the the book of revelations. I don't think anyone else would touch it. So, we would totally do it.
2: Right, I was thinking of that as you said that because it was like who, where does a goblin play doctor go for help? You know, he's going to get turned <laughs> exactly. down by most places. <laughs>
4: right, <laughs> and I think most people would probably think, okay, this guy's insane. This is a, goblins, really? Like it's hard to, you know, buy because obviously we're not familiar with the word goblins, and it just seems like this super weird thing. So, right, we sort of ran with it. I think the key, the key
3: with all of this is always the witnesses. And mm-hmm. I think that that people should take these people more seriously, the crazier they sound. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know that's not a very popular opinion. <laughs> so we're more than happy to uh, to take that work off of other people's hands.
2: Now, have you run into people where you're like, "This is too crazy," like you're too, "This is not believable," or something like that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, oh, like yeah, of course, you know.
1: Yeah. Of,
3: of course, of course. But what's interesting is when all the crazy people start saying the same thing. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. And I think that happens more than most people realize. Uh, I think that a lot of things are thrown out simply because people are like, oh, these people are crazy. But uh, I think if you were to interview a ton of people who everyone said were way too crazy to take seriously, you would start to find very strange patterns that emerge there that uh, I think if studied, you you would go to some very, very strange places. It would be a very weird rabbit hole to go down. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say schizophrenia, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes. But who, who's to say that you know schizophrenia isn't know. a uh, a symptom of of something uh, grander?
2: Right. No, no, no. I'm just imagining. Like you listen to all these people, then at the end of the day, you're like, it turns out they all live in houses with lead paint.
3: So <laughs>
2: right. case, case right. closed.
3: Well, if you figure that out, then you've done a service to the world, anyway.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um. All right. So that was the golf. Well, tell me this. Tell me this. uh, The alien story, because people, you say how to get abducted by aliens. I I I don't want to like make you guys give away all your all your, uh, you know, your sort of like lectures and stuff on on the show. So you know, give me the parsed down version if you want.
3: (laughs) There's only so much we can tell you, Mm -hmm. but we uh, several years ago successfully uh staged a, an alien abduction. We got one of our friends abducted by aliens and uh mentally broke him. It was one of the scariest things I've ever been a party to. Uh it was very traumatic for the person mm-hmm. that uh that got abducted and uh that's about all I can really
1: say. It was <laughs>
3: it was successful it was successful uh terrifyingly so um and i think uh we might try it one more time we might All try right. it one more time and uh i think this time this time it'll be me well, wow
2: interesting <laughs> now let me lightly now we'll let see. me lightly probe you no pun intended
3: uh, <laughs> yeah of <laughs> course
2: that pun was intended of course that was intended mm-hmm. of
3: course
2: so Punch. so yeah, you don't want to say much about it but was this sort of like I, I don't even need to talk about how the guy got abducted, but, like, was this sort was, of like a – It was a, like, real. It was real. I, I, no, no. I'm, I've already I, – I, I'm willing to go that far, so don't worry about that. I'm not challenging that. Okay. You know, it's fine with me. I don't care. Um, what I'm wondering is <laughs> how you sort of, like, conjured – was this sort of like a mental thing, or was this like a physical thing where you
0: – you know, We went to a like place. Because uh, it's we, one thing
2: to try and call a UFO over with a flashlight or something, but to, to get it to abduct, it sounds like it, it requires some kind of mental gymnastics in a sense.
3: We went to a place where there uh, are common sightings of, of UFOs. Uh, mm-hmm. We picked one of the best places we could possibly think of to, to do it. And uh, there's only so much. I, I can't say too much about how okay. we drew it in. But, uh, I mean, it was, I mean, missing time, everything. and And the strangest part about it is, um, the person The person that got abducted uh can 't remember anything about it anymore wow um yeah it's i mean it, it's it 's almost like a natural uh, and, and you talk to anybody who's who 's dealt with with alien abductees they, you know they 'll tell you one of the most common things is that uh they they forget all of it it just it just goes away yeah uh, and and i mean there 's some people who go so far as to say that one in four people have been abducted by aliens. They just don't remember it because it's it's a common side effect of of it happening. It's something that almost like they 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 the great they induce on you is to forget the experience and sure enough um doesn't remember anything about it anymore
2: hmm. all right yeah
3: it's very Dana, you care to it's very strange. to add anything to that
4: um it was very <laughs> i I will add that it was very stupid and dangerous
3: and. Oh, okay. <laughs>
4: Um, it definitely has impacted pretty much everyone that was involved with it in, yeah, in a big, sure. w- weird way. Like, it was it was very, it was a very strange experience for, for everyone involved. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, we can't, we, <laughs> should, there's, like, really only so much we can say. Oh, here's what this. we can say. We give a lecture called How to Be Abducted by Aliens, and if you want to know the answer to it, Find out where we're doing a lecture, and you can come you and go. see it
1: and experience <laughs> the
4: whole thing. <laughs> do you say more than this in the le-
3: <laughs> <laughs> There will be that. a time very soon where people will be able to find the whole thing online. I mean, I mean, the, whole, yeah, the entire the entire experiment has been has been filmed. Um, I mean, there's there's uh, video yeah, evidence I'm of it happening.
2: Yeah. I definitely yeah, think so.
3: no matter how traumatic it was, you should do it again with Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to do it. I really want to do it. I had an experience when I was a kid, and it's, it's been strange because the more we started to look into this, the more I've been having dreams recalling what happened when I was a kid. And, and I think that's part of the reason I've been terrified. Like Part of the reason we did this experiment to begin with was because I've always been terrified of extraterrestrials. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. Um, I'd always thought that it was because my grandfather bought me one of these Time Life books the the time life mysteries books on the the, oh, UFOs awesome, yeah. had the the foil cover, right? Oh yeah. And uh it screwed me up. But the more I'm thinking back to it, I'm remembering I saw a UFO when I was a kid. I had snuck outside and I watched something land uh in the forest behind my house and I, I remember it very vividly. It's it's I've always thought, ah, I was having, I was having a dream, but it's so vivid. I've started having recurring dreams about this and uh, all of a sudden, it just stops. And the next thing I know, I'm, I am wake up in my bed. And so I think part of my draw to investigate this is because I don't know if something really messed up happened that night when I was seven, eight years old. And so who knows what will happen? I need a regression session, yeah. probably.
2: <laughs> That's weird. Interesting. Right? All right. Yeah. That's strange. Dana, did you ever have anything weird like that happen to you?
4: I have luckily never had an experience like that. I think, I mean, I've had a lot of experiences with with ghosts, but or at least what I think was a ghost. But no, luckily I've never had any encounters with beings from other planets because I think I, I think that would be really terrifying. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, it depends on the context,
3: I suppose, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's a
3: lot of dudes who said they've had really like awesome hot sex with like hot.
4: That's that is true. We were just in Mount Shasta, so that would be lots of (laughs) yeah, lots of people who believe that there.
2: Yeah, I saw a big article today about uh, a couple of uh, young ladies who say they have a a whole host of alien babies. Uh, Why not? Yeah, I don't know. Like galactic
3: galactic child support is awesome.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, they're probably doing all right for themselves, uh, telling everybody the about their alien rate babies. Is
3: fantastic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Let me see what else. So tell me. Okay, so let's talk about the the museum because we I've worked with you in a sense on this uh, a little bit, uh, publishing some stuff about the uh, about the weird museum. How did this? It's a great idea, and I really love it, and I want to be able to come and see it someday. So how did how did the whole idea come up in the first place? Because uh, it sounds you must have had a whole bunch of stuff in the you know before and eventually we're like let's just show people this stuff cuz it's piling up and and whatever but uh you know give me the origin story of the museum
3: natural segue uh it actually mm-hmm. started because of how to get abducted by aliens uh we were movie. invited to, <laughs> we were invited to give a, a a lecture uh at uh Scarefest in Kentucky a few years back and they offered us a booth and we don't have anything to sell. <laughs> we didn't uh, have any reason to be at a booth. And so we tried to come up with a reason, you know, what we could do to use it. And uh, we we're like, you know what? We have all of these weird artifacts that we've collected over 15 years of, of weird adventures. So let's uh, let's make a little uh, ad hoc museum and see what people think. And, uh, and so we had a couple of banners printed up. And people loved it. People were really into mm-hmm. it. Uh, and one of the reasons they said they liked it is because, you know, uh, there's not really anything like it. There are paranormal museums. Like everyone knows that John Zaffin has a museum and Lorraine Warren has a museum, but the thing about theirs is you're not allowed to touch any of this stuff. And uh, we're very cool with people touching the stuff. So <laughs> people were able to handle it. They were able to, at their own risk, of course, and they're able to, you know, use their EMF meters on it. They can test it. And uh, it was such a hit that we're like, okay, well, let's let's take this seriously. So we started uh, we started adding more stuff to it, and uh, we we got a chest to carry the stuff in that we had blessed by a priest because some of the stuff uh, that we have is, is is a little touchy sometimes. And yeah. before too long, people just started sending stuff to us. Yeah, so, that was.
4: You know, that was very interesting. When people started to literally send us their weird, haunted, cursed items, we were like, "Okay, <laughs>
3: we will make a home we'll for take them. them." Absolutely, yeah. we we'll take them. You know, I mean, oh our, our big thing is there's a lot of you know armchair demonologists out there who would take these things uh, and, and and bind them and bury them or throw them in a river or set them on fire or whatever they would do. And I think that that's a really terrible thing to do when there's so many people out there who want badly to have a paranormal experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and and it, it's it's a disservice. If you want to believe that the paranormal is a, a field of research, it's a disservice to throw this stuff away. Uh, so we've given these things a, a safe place in our home. Um, some of them have, have personalities, as strange as that sounds. And we, we try and, and cater to them as much as possible, and uh, we, don't have any, we don't have any real problems. You know, a lot of people are like, how do you keep that stuff in your house? We really don't have any problems. Um, Everything, for the most part, behaves. Once in a while, something new comes in. Uh, it'll, it'll act up for a while. But uh, not many issues. And uh, hmm. I think that it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to have something like this that, that we can take around to different places and show people these things and they get an experience uh, that they've been looking for. Sometimes it's a little scarier than they expect, but they've had their experience. Have you ever had, you know those psychics that like can touch things?
2: It's a special kind of Mm -hmm. psychic. Have you ever had one of those touching this stuff?
3: Yeah,
4: we've had quite a few people. I mean, one of the most popular things that we have in the museum is something that we call the dark mirror. And um, it tends to be the most, I think it's probably the most negative of all the things that we have. Yeah, probably. Probably. And a lot of people, a lot of people who are sort of sensitive uh, or psychic, they they really dislike it and they have, a majority of people have pretty bad experiences with it. But I mean, again, like we've been bringing all of these things all over the country for almost a year now. And I would say probably about 75% of the people, I would say it's even higher than that, like maybe 80% of the people who... To see the dark mirror um, and and look into it have some kind of experience. It's crazy. We we won't look into it. Yeah, yeah I was just still, gonna say,
2: how, you know, how do you we, even carry it around then? Like,
4: yeah, okay. We we keep it covered. We keep it I'm, covered yeah. so that you know if if someone comes up to the table and and they want to look at some of the items that we have, you know, we will cover it so that they won't catch a glimpse in it if they don't want to. <laughs> but um, but you know, eighty percent of the people who do decide to sort of look into it, have some kind of really bizarre experience.
2: Like what? What kind of experiences do they have? Like horrible dreams or
4: what? Um, a majority of people will experience a lot of the same things. So some people will see their faces sort of melting. Other people have seen their uh, their eyes blinking at them when they're not blinking at them. Some people will experience uh, their mouths moving. At one point, we actually brought the mu- or the, the mirror to Penhurst. And uh this guy came up to the table and you know he was sort of like his girlfriend had brought him there it was for one of the Nick Roth tour events and his girlfriend had sort of dragged him along and he wasn't really that necessarily interested in it and uh he saw the mirror and we we explained to him what it was and and you know th- that people have had experiences with it so of course he was like yeah I'll, I'll try it wasn't afraid and he grabbed the mirror and and sort of positioned himself in a really good spot and and a, was looking at it for about a minute and a half before he just sort of stopped. And it looked like he was actually going to drop it because he was so startled. Mm. And what he described to us was that he was looking in the mirror. And so, again, it's it's a mirror that is... It's black. It's meant for scrying. So he's looking in the mirror, and he can sort of see his own reflection. And what he sees is himself actually peek out from behind himself and then pop back in again.
1: Oh, so, Jesus.
4: I, yeah, and like... Some of the str- – I mean, like, uh, what are some of the other interesting things that people experience? Um, uh, their
3: dead bodies? Dead people bodies. their own yeah, dead faces, rotted.
4: Yeah. Oh, God.
3: Now, That's where did this come from? Where did you guys get this thing? Well, it came – we got it from a woman whose mother was uh, apparently obsessed with it. And her mother had purchased it at a, uh, a psychic fair here in Ohio. Uh, I, I want to say it was like Columbus. And uh, she was trying to learn black mirror scrying. And what happened was she became really weird and obsessed and withdrawn. And eventually it got to the point where her daughter said, you know, enough is enough. Give me this mirror. And her mother at this point had been keeping it in a closet with uh, a black cloth draped over it. And she broke down and said, I don't know what's wrong with me. But every time I look in this mirror, I only see terrible things. And the terrible things were never elaborated on, so we never knew what they were. And, mm-hmm. and the, it got its name as an accident, because we we received it like a day or two before we were due to have uh, another display uh, at another event. and we had we had no tag printed up for it, so we we knew very little of its history. And some woman goes, "What's this?" And she picks it up and she looks into it, and within 30 seconds. She slowly puts it down and says, I shouldn't have done that. That's a dark mirror. Uh I need to go and say a prayer. And she went and she went into the corner of the the room and she started praying. And so the name just kind of stuck.
1: Jesus. Now I want to look at <laughs> right? it and I'm scared. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man. So have you I how do you not fight the temptation to look at it? I feel like I if I feel like I feel like if I had it I would like get drunk and be like all right let's get that mirror out and see you know <laughs> do something moronic like I that like so how do you how do I you feel like stop
4: yourself? Probably because I, at least I can say from my own point of view because it's in our house all the time so <laughs> I think that if I were to look in it and see something I probably would be really horrified and would want it to actually be in our house
3: so hmm. for
4: me that's why I don't look in it I just choose not to.
3: I have a more practical reason. And uh I'm 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 scared of it, but I'm more scared I'm more scared that I won't see anything.
1: Because ah,
3: yeah. I I like the stories so much and I love to see people respond to it the way they do that uh I'm afraid I wouldn't see anything. And uh I I don't want that to happen.
2: <laughs> That's a very honest answer. I appreciate that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Because I can totally see – I, I can see that too, yeah, where you're like, you, you have a good run going here. Why you know, <laughs> right. –
3: yeah, you know? I mean there's, there's, <laughs> exactly. still, there's still a lot of people who look into it, and they see absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, actually yeah. just recently the first person to ever have a positive experience with the mirror happened after hundreds of people have looked into it. Oh, really? A weird. woman at, the, at, the, at an event on in, in, in Halloween uh, in Pittsburgh, she was looking into the mirror, and she started crying. And uh, I, I immediately walked up to her, and I was like, are you okay? Do you need to take the mirror? And she just shook her head. She said, no. And, and, she, and I said, what did you see? She's like, nothing bad. She's like, I saw the face of my grandmother, her deceased grandmother. She's like, we look nothing alike. There's no reason why I should have seen her. And she just smiled at me, very kind. And uh, it was it was very strangely touching and bizarre, because no one had had a positive experience with it until that point. Yeah. That's really
2: yeah, weird. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what makes that happen. I don't know. It has to all, I'm sure it has something to do with like the mind somehow. I'm sure.
3: You know, somebody Somebody else was like, you know, what if it's, uh, what if all it's showing you are reflections of things that are in your head? Things that you don't mm-hmm. want to see or things that you've been hiding or things that you were meant to see. Mm. And uh, so maybe that's it. Maybe we just uh, hang around a lot of uh, messed up people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's definitely a
3: possibility. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it could be like that monkey's paw thing where you, you know, you get, you get what you, you know, you get what you need instead of what Mm -hmm. you want or something like that.
3: There you go. (laughs) That's really
2: weird, though. That's really weird. Have you ever had to send anything back where you're like, Nah, dude, we don't want your monkey's paw. Thanks
3: for (laughs) sending it. Not yet. Not yet. yet. I I mean, you know, it's it's still early on. We'll see. But, uh, you know, we've got a lot of really bizarre stuff. We just got something in actually uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of guys found this strange statue uh, with nails hammered in the eyes and uh, a rope around its neck in a cave in the Catskill Mountains. And when they took it home, they started having all of these terrible things happening. Like they were finding muddy footprints on the floor, even though all the doors were locked. Um, really, really strange stuff. And uh, what happened was they'd actually they'd actually posted about it on Reddit, and someone suggested that they get in touch with us, and uh, <laughs> the guy sent it to us immediately. And so uh, we've had it for a week. Nothing strange has happened yet. Um, we'll see.
2: I saw that thing, dude. If you found that, in, if I found that in the cave, I would be inclined to leave it there. I walked. You'd the probably leave it, kid.
4: right? I, I think right. the guy the guy that we were talking to, I think that it was him that took it. I think it was his friend that took it.
3: Right. So, right. but, I mean, either way. His, he, his, skeptic, he, his skeptic, his skeptic atheist friend was like, it's all a bunch of bunk. I'm going to take it home. And this guy's like, yeah. don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And sure enough, his friend's not a skeptic anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. That's she what it eats. takes.
2: what it takes. And then, you know. And then to take make matters worse, instead of, like, bringing it back to the cave, the guy's just like, ah, I'm sending it to these guys. Well,
3: well like, what's geez, funny dude. is everybody said, take <laughs> it back. Said, I know, like, it back.
4: It 90% of the people were like, oh, just bring it back to where you found it.
3: Just leave it there. They were too scared. They were way, way too scared to do it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So that's fine. I'll take it. That's That's totally fine. I got a home for it.
2: Has any of this stuff ever broken? I was thinking about that when you were talking about the mirror like what if some what if some person looked in it and was like, and oh, dropped it and then that who, what who knows what would happen so
1: is anything- <laughs> we did and that's
4: almost happened a few times yeah we did, we had a woman actually at one of the very first events we brought it to who looked in the mirror and had a, a really bad experience and then came back maybe half an hour later super aggressively was like i'm I need to destroy that thing like give it to me oh, go and, on. i mean she she was
3: well, serious. what That's happened like, absolutely was she she, had, serious. she was apparently – she had done scrying a lot. And uh, one of the things, one of the techniques that she used is she would put her palm print on the, the black mirror, and she would remove it. And as it dissipated, she would kind of see whatever sign she was looking for. And mm. her handprint never left. I mean, it was there for two hours while this woman, she, she saw something terrible, puts it down – and then immediately picks it back up and tries to rub her handprint off of it, and it wouldn't go away.
1: And she mm-hmm. slammed it
3: down, and she, she walks out. And, and I mean, I even, I even picked it up and carefully, without looking, tried to erase it, and it wouldn't go away. And uh, she comes back two hours later, and she's like, where's that effing mirror? I need to destroy that mirror. And as oh, soon God. as she said it, wouldn't you know, handprint's gone. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's weird. weird. Yeah, we've had weird we've had stuff. a few people who who wanted to
4: destroy things on our behalf. Oh, god. But yeah, luckily no one's dropped anything because I I would be afraid what would happen. <laughs> how did you? How did you? you never know. Uh, how did
2: how did you how did you settle this this lady down? I don't know what uh, I would do. I I, I I don't know what I would do in that situation. So how did you? I
3: locked it away. I locked it away, and I said absolutely. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely not. And I mean, she didn't really Jeez. have much of a choice. So. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of stormed off.
2: My God. Well, I hope she's, she's okay fine. now.
3: <laughs> uh, who
1: knows?
2: You, probably, you guys were at a hotel. <laughs> she probably went and smashed the hotel room r- mirror. Or something. Yeah. Right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> this is I good think enough. by the end of the event. If I remember correctly, by the end of the event, she was fine and feeling oh. like maybe she had overreacted a little bit. I know she had gone maybe. and phoned some of her friends to, ex- like, one of her friends who, who, I don't remember what she said. He was like a...
3: He was he was like a chaos a, magician. A
4: chaos magician, that's what it was. Oh, like he of sort force. of talked yeah. her down and said, like, you know, don't, you don't have to destroy it, just yeah. smudge yourself or something just, like that. Just threaten like, it. Just threaten it. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, just threaten yeah. it. That'll scare it. Yeah,
2: exactly. He has got to put a scare into that mirror. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, now without without I guess so. Yeah. Well, see, that's why I never made it to Chaos Magician. <laughs>
1: um,
2: well, that that raises the sort of question that I was like, at, at not at, what, what kind of conventions are these things that you're going to? Because uh, I've I've almost only been to like UFO conventions. So what kind of? And I, it's funny because I was talking about this kind of with. With uh, Greg Bishop on the show on uh, the last episode, sort mm-hmm. of how ghost hunting is sort of fizzling out a little bit, and it's it's sort of evolving or devolving or however you want to describe it. It's sort of uh, molting into like this sort of more occulty feel. It's got this uh, occult occult uh, vibe now. Is sort of it's, it's
3: interesting. Other people are noticing this. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if we started to see UFO conferences making a really big comeback in the next few years. Because, uh, I mean, I know they still happen, but uh, for some reason, ghost hunting conventions have been huge for the last mm. few yeah. years. And I would not be surprised to see UFO conferences come back to that kind of uh, I mean, because they were huge before ghost hunting conventions. So I think that's coming. But most of the places that we we're at are almost – strictly ghost hunting or uh like, like general paranormal or horror conventions.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh and it's
3: really we'll we'll go anywhere. There's there's, there's yeah no we're reason. totally open to right.
4: pretty much anything.
3: It's just that's that's who books us. So right, that's right, where
4: right. we go. That's yeah. So that
2: I guess in that in that sort of environment you run into people who are sort of more uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no! no. Yeah. I wasn't be. I wasn't setting up for a diss there. <laughs> we were more, you know, <laughs> occult inclined? Let's say, you know, hey, people hey, who yeah.
3: the weirdos are our people, yeah. and so uh, we-, we welcome them with open arms. The weirder, the better.
2: Oh yeah, no, like I said, I wasn't. I wasn't setting up for a diss there. So I'm just sort of interested in the types of people that are out there and shit. So it's interesting, like uh, you know, people who run into these objects and have have some kind of like, oh, it's a scrying mirror. I I used to do that. And it's like, whoa, what are you, right. you know, right. that's amazing. Like, tell tell me well, I mean, more about your history
4: as a scryer, ma'am. I mean, that's, that's another one that... of the fun things about, about going to these events is the people that we meet sort of, again, kind of going back to that whole, like being open to everything and, and investigating everything. Some of these people are, are have been doing really cool things that we would have not experienced unless we would have met them. So, they're these really great environments where you just get people with really weird interests kind of all coming together to like celebrate their weirdness. And they're <laughs> usually really fun.
2: Hmm. Now, would you rather hunt a ghost or a Bigfoot?
4: Oh, that's, <laughs> <Oof>.
3: that's, <laughs> that's, that's so hard. Well, I the, see, the, I, I get the best of both worlds because I believe Bigfoot is a ghost. That's true. So is that true? I you really do it. believe I that do it at the same time? I really, I honestly, I honestly, truly, really do believe it. And, and and here's the thing. Let me give you a chance to explain. Uh, it, it's it sounds crazy at first, but think about this. No one can find a body yet. We're still finding footprints. Sometimes those footprints go into nowhere. Pictures are blurry. Some people can see them. Other people standing right next to them can't see them. I think that what we're seeing is we're seeing. Well, Bigfoot is is the ghost of something that used to exist a very long time ago. So, like, you know, a lot of people are like, Bigfoot's interdimensional, and he goes through portals. I think you might be kind of right, and I don't think we should throw that entire thing out, but I think it's simpler than that. I think Bigfoot is a ghost, and I think mm. if more people were were hunting Bigfoot with ghost hunting equipment, they might be surprised at what they find.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be interesting.
3: That's
2: interesting. See, I like that idea a lot cuz it's like, why why not try it? You know, try try
1: it. Yeah, use, it
3: solved the problem. Stuff. It solved the problem of not having a body. Like people they, they, they keep thinking they find fur, it's never fur. They keep thinking they find scat, but it's it's always inconclusive. Uh, but they feel people are continuing to have footprints. experiences. Yeah. And think about it this way. If you saw a ghost, like if if a ghost made footprints, a regular human ghost made footprints down by a creek bed, you would think nothing of it. You would think mm. that is just some dude walking on, on the creek bed with his, with his sandals off. But if a giant beast that used to walk the earth a long time ago left footprints, you would notice. And that's exactly what's been happening.
2: Yeah, and when you think about it, like I, I'm sure one of the arguments against that would be like, well, how come you never see any ghost animals? But then it's like I, if a cat went <laughs> through my backyard, it very well could be a ghost. Yeah, I wouldn't have people any idea.
3: see ghost animals all the time. There's tons Mm -hmm. of reports of ghost animals. People just don't really take them all that seriously. But I mean, that's part of the problem. Right? You'd never think twice about it. Mm -hmm. And and, and, and it just speaks to that problem. Bigfoot hunters think ghost hunters are crazy. Ghost hunters think bigfoot hunters are crazy. They don't ever cross wires. And if they did, they would find a lot in common. I guarantee it. Hmm.
2: Now, has you you guys always? What's that?
3: So there you go, Bigfoot's a ghost.
2: Bigfoot's a ghost. <laughs> that's interesting. Like I said, I I don't think I've heard that before, but uh, I, I've heard Locked-Ass Monster's a ghost, so it kind of fits in sure.
3: with that idea. I believe it. Why not? I think all of this stuff is connected in some way. I think it's all part of the same big weird thing that's going on that we don't have quite figured out yet. And more people mm-hmm. need to work together. UFO UFO hunters need to work together with ghost hunters, Bigfoot hunters need to work together with psychics. All these people need to get together, and uh, I think the the they need to do a big Venn diagram and see where where the center is, and that's going to be where everybody should focus. Mm-hmm. But that probably won't happen. <laughs> like like Which like our maybe? friend
4: our friend John Tenney always says, diversify your weirdness. Yep.
2: There you go. I like that. Good I advice. Like that. It makes me think when Greg was saying you know, all the different groups need to get together, it's like – I wonder what it says about us as seekers of all this, that it's like – and I know it's sort of a marketing thing, but at the same time, it's like ghost hunters, Bigfoot hunters, UFO hunters. It's like, what are we hunting? What is, what is with the hunting? Why are we doing this? I know. Like, <laughs> it, right. Is it because we've reached right. such a desperation point where we're like, fuck this, I'm hunting it now? You know, yeah, I'm done trying to research it and understand it. I'm fucking going to kill it, you know. I, know. I, cooler, I think that's man. what
4: it is. I think that people get to this weird, aggressive place where if it's not just happening for them and they, or they haven't experienced something, they tend to get pretty – they tend to either do one of two things. They either get very, very aggressive or they become skeptical of it. Hmm. So I I, always, right. I agree. I do. I think that hunting is this weird, super aggro word that people use for yeah, doing something I think it's that is really just investigating. Right, right. Being I think curious. it speaks
2: to the sort of like, uh, to maybe an underlying like frustration within the whole
4: mm-hmm.
2: milieu of the paranormal where it's like, we. I mean, this, all this stuff was around like in the 80s. I remember right. when I first got back into this, you know, I was in into it as a kid, but I got back into it like at the turn of the century. That makes me sound like an old man because it sounds cool, but at the, ter- <laughs> yeah. at the turn of the century, I got into <laughs> right. it. And it I remember getting into it like in my early 20s, and I was like, "Well, shit, they're close to figuring this stuff out." I mean, it's been 20 years since I looked at it, so it must be <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, right.
2: <laughs> and it never no. happened, you know. I got into no. the more I got into it, I'm like, "They're
3: not any closer than they were when I was a kid." <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think if you find like on the same the same note, uh, I think uh, on the note of, of of getting aggressive after you don't get what you're looking for, I think a lot of people. Of do become skeptics, and I think if you look at a lot of the people who are are up and coming in, in prominence in, in the the capital S skeptic community, you'll find that a lot of them were hardcore believers at one point. They were people that set out to to find a ghost or to find a bigfoot, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then when right. they realized that they they were not going to find it, or they weren't going to get a television show, or, or whatever the the real goal of their search was. Uh, they decided, you know what? It's easier to tell all these people they're stupid. And that's kind of what happens. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's almost like a coping mechanism, too, where it's like you just disappointment, the disappointment,
3: yep. you know. Absolutely. And then
2: there's, like, other people, like, I know you guys have been in a long time. I've been in this now a really long time. It's like you, you can go the other direction, I hope, instead of being super aggressive or being super skeptical. You kind of just reach this, like, zen state where you're like, this thing yeah, is bigger absolutely. than me. You know, it's bigger than me. I don't get it, but I, I want to, like, I want to be a part of it, man.
3: <laughs> hey, man, yeah, we went think, through a I really a terrible – we went through a terrible phase, uh, which is part of the reason why, uh, if, 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 if the words who forwarded means anything to anybody, uh, we used to have this website, and, and it was very critical. We were we – were, I mean, I say we, but it was really me. Dana's always been lovely. I've been very, very mean. <laughs> to a lot of people and uh, feel very bad about it. And it was, it was mostly the result of that same kind of, of aggression that you get after you don't get what you're looking for for the longest time and you you, know, you see other people who claim to be getting what, what you've been looking for and you get upset. And you know, I was very mean. I was very mean to a lot of people who I now am very good friends with and I feel very badly about how I treated them. But it's one of those things where I, I kind of, Looked around and I saw the people that I was attracting around me. By being a, a skeptic, a capital S skeptic, I saw the kind of attitudes that these people had, and what I was, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways, being associated with, and it, it mortified me. Mm. And I made a decision right then and there. I said, I'm not going to take myself so seriously anymore. Uh, I'm not having fun anymore. And the minute that I changed, you know, we changed the name of, of who forded. We got rid of the baggage. It's weak and weird now. And uh, we decided, you know, let's actually have fun with this. The crazier it is, the more let's let's give it a go.
4: And, and I mean, been even having just an having a blast. And and I think approaching the subject matter with that kind of thought process opens you up to more experiences. Anyway. Oh, absolutely! So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, like, I we I mean I think that's just a a gimme, really. Mm. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's like you can't hate watch the paranormal. it doesn't
3: work that way yes, yeah. yeah, I mean you you can, but you'll be miserable, right <laughs> yeah, exactly. to be miserable because, yeah, because yeah. the thing is i and I think that what people are missing is the paranormal uh the way that you need to really investigate the paranormal is uh subjectively. Because, because paranormal experiences are all very subjective. You talk to any witness who's ever had a strange experience, whether it's with a UFO or an abduction or a Bigfoot or a ghost, whatever, it's very subjective. And people who think about the world in, in a very mathematical way uh, are not going to be happy with that. They're not going to accept subjective evidence, anecdotal data. They're not going to accept it. And, and I wish that's fine, but that's the wrong way to be going about the paranormal. If you really want to if you really want to investigate the paranormal, you have to do it subjectively. You have to dive in. You need to do a magic spell. you need to go and be bigfoot bait. You need to try and get abducted by aliens That's the <laughs> way you're going to get some interesting answers <laughs> to questions, but people are very scared of doing that because I think innately people are very very worried about looking or feeling silly and i think once you get over that idea of what other people are going to think you're going to go some very interesting places and that's that's kind of the point that we had to get to where we stopped caring what anybody else thought about what we were doing and uh just had fun And, and and we're getting places we're finding interesting things because we're having a good time doing what we're doing we gotta spread
0: this stuff around Let's put it on the
3: Internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio.
0: Great heavens, what kind of radio show is this?
2: Now, talking about doing stuff you shouldn't do or people are scared of doing or whatever, (laughs) uh, that made me think immediately of the Ouija board. You guys ever mess around with that thing?
4: Yeah, actually. I have. We're... I have loads of times. Well, yeah, here's another uh, thing that we're doing right now. We've been over, what, a couple months now, I would say? Oh, this We've is been the John Tenney experiment. thing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. This is the yeah, thing we're... with John Tenney? Yeah, the seance. Yeah. Tell
2: me about
4: it. Do you to tell them about it?
3: Uh, yeah, we, we decided uh, we, wanted to, we wanted to try another experiment, uh, kind of the same idea as as the uh, alien abduction experiment kind of thing. And we said, what if We found a person that we wanted to contact, and no one knew anything about this person except for three people. It's uh, Dana, me, and John Tenney. Most people might know him. He was on uh, Ghost (laughs) Stalkers on Destination America not too long ago. He's a very interesting, weird guy who gives really fantastic lectures, a very good friend of ours. And we said, this guy needs to lead it. He's very good at this type of thing. He's got a lot of experience at this. So what we started doing – is uh, we found every single bit of information we could about one specific person, and we said, we're going to try and summon the spirit of this guy, and we're going to do it if it kills us. But we're not going to be the ones who are going to do it. It's going to be other people, and they're going to be random every single time. And so we've been holding these seances across the country. Some places that we do it are haunted. Some of them are just people's basements. Some of them have no history. There's hotel rooms, wherever we can do it. Mm-hmm. People are drawn randomly. Some of them are skeptics. Some of them are believers. People that are scared of Ouija boards who've never touched them before. And what we do is we say, here's a picture of this guy. We have a picture of him. We say, we know who he is. You don't. We want you guys to bring this person through and validate the details behind this person's life. Wow. And – uh
2: it's the, Don Knotts, isn't it? The weirdest thing is, <laughs> Don it's yes, Don
3: Knotts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Spoiled. See, you ruined it. <laughs> ruined. I, I just figured that part. was like an age <laughs> thing. No
2: one, you know, you show them all a picture, it's all like people in their 20s, and they're like, yeah, I've never seen that guy in my life. And it's like, what? Don, no Don Knotts? What are you talking about? You've never seen Don
4: Knotts.
3: <laughs> we should it, slip it, Don is, Knotts
4: it, into one of the... One we should, of the... just to
3: see. All right. <laughs> so pop you, it in there for like a control.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: so, okay, so so they're all sort of around and they and and they sort of conjure this. Well they
4: it. Yeah, and that's most the of idea. these people have
3: never done it before.
4: And so uh, we use and, different types of sort of like old spiritualist like medium like, you know, experiment like we have we've got these weird bells that people would have used sort of back in the Victorian times, like it sort of reminds me a bit of the old ghost hunting flashlight trick where if the flashlight turns on and there's a spirit close by it's same sort of thing if these bells chime there's the possibility that a, a spirit's close by so it's sort of we sort of try to give it a lot of atmosphere because it really helps and, and nice. the fun thing
3: is uh, John has actually gone through all of his files and found weird old schematics mm-hmm. for old séance tools that, that people have completely forgot ever existed, goes out to this weird little workshop and, and recreates these things. So we're yeah, using like old tools. Old school tools,
4: ghost hunting tools, basically. But, but we're also using
3: new technology. We're using, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're, we're taking EVPs. We are using night vision cameras and thermal cameras and things like that, trying to combine the two of these things together. And the, the, the fascinating thing is people are getting hits. I mean, they're getting dates mm-hmm. that they should not, for, for, for any reason, should not be getting these dates correct. If yeah. there is no life after death, if there was nothing beyond the veil, they should not be getting these dates. So it's saying some interesting things. And whether that's mm-hmm. that, that, that we're, they're actually making contact or we're reading each other's minds, who knows right. what's happening there. But the idea is to do this for a year or so, and then have one big final seance, and then what we'll do is we will uh, show all of the hits and all the misses and see if it's enough. People can make their own decisions about whether or not they're convinced and uh, leave it at that. But as far as I know, there hasn't been an experiment done like this, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what what the overall data shows us.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah,
3: yeah. I lost so to my train answer your thought, question, gonna, yes, yes, we've we've messed with a Ouija board. So you do, yeah. <laughs> you're,
2: regular, you're regularly the messing with the Ouija board, yeah. yeah. Very weird stuff. Interesting. Um, now you've traveled all over the place. Is, if it sounds like mostly America and and uh, Dana, parts of Canada and stuff. But have you? Mm-hmm. Is there any place like? What's on? Is there a bucket list sort of uh, location you'd like to go? You know, maybe outside of America, because chances are you'll probably end up. In one of these places in America, you know, because uh, you travel all the time and stuff. So is there any mm-hmm. place, you, you know, you're like, oh, really want to get into the pyramids or something like that, uh, that, that you'll know, oh, like to do someday?
3: Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. It, that's the thing. I, you, know where you know where I'd love to go? I would love to go to uh, somewhere like one of those bases in Antarctica and interview that the people who are stationed yeah. there for forever and go, what kind of weird things do you see up here? Because I guarantee – there's some mm. strange stories coming out of those research bases where you're stuck yeah. there in places Agreed. things shouldn't live. So that's a place I'd love to go. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd really love one, yeah. to. Uh, I don't know. There's lots of places I'd love to visit. You know, I'd like to go to like like Chillingham Castle or something like that.
2: Yeah, it's a hard question because it's like if you you know if your money is no object you can travel wherever you want. There's like a million. Yeah, this yeah, stuff. right. this There's like a million places you you could go that are like <laughs> mm-hmm. unbelievable uh, locations and stuff.
3: Or what about one of the elf schools in uh, Iceland? That would be cool.
2: What's that? One I mean, the What's places where uh, where
3: where there's all these people in Iceland. People are take they take elves very very seriously, and oh, so I know they that. have places where they they teach you about you know elves and how to avoid them and. Things like that, and I'd love to go somewhere like that, and hang out with those That's people that. That's crazy! Wow, elves.
2: I didn't know they had elf schools. That's yeah. Weird. Yeah. Very interesting.
3: Weird stuff. Big, wide, weird world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, all right, let me see what else I got here in the notes. I, I had a question for you while you were talking about the, uh, the the seance things with with John Tenney, and I was I lost my train of thoughts. So now I'm all. You should
3: just just interrupt me because I love to talk. No,
2: I can't do that. <laughs> Let me see. Well, you—well, we got to the Bigfoot's of ghosts. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. That was just. Uh...
1: <laughs> oh, I know what I was going to
2: say. I know what I was going to say. That the, my train of thought has pulled back into the station. So, the the interesting thing—I love the people who are like you were saying, you know, these people are getting hits and stuff and it could be from the spirit or it could be from each other's minds and I just love the sort of sure. attitude of some people where it's like where it's like you're just getting it from his mind. It's like like that's not awesome.
4: <laughs> that, yeah, you know that, like that's know, not really that, that incredible. Weird. Yeah. Right. I mean there then there's even weirder. Like we could get even weirder with it and say like, you know, what if what if it's something that's just sort of popping in there and utilizing the situation for it's own benefit, like with some sort of entity, you know what I mean? Like you can get, you can
3: get really weird with it, but mm. I mean. Right. What if some entity has come in and slipped in and taken this person's identity? Uh-huh. Um, and another very bizarre thing that started happening, and this is a pattern that we've just noticed that started to emerge. People who, who uh, identify as like skeptic or believer are all sitting in the same seats. They're not assigned they're just picking the same seats every time so people who are, God, are, are staunch skeptics will sit mm-hmm. in the same seat someone who's an absolute believer will sit in the same seat so this is an emerging pattern i don't mm-hmm. know if it'll stick uh, i don't know if it'll stay there it could just be a fluke but it's interesting to see this type of thing start to emerge mm-hmm. yeah that's really weird that makes sense yeah, of,
4: the- that's
2: even stranger
4: and I mean, what we're finding for the most part is that there really are sort of four dominant personality types that, again, are just randomly chosen. We can't tell yet whether it's just because it's sort of what people will naturally sort of fall into in a small group setting like that. Like, the, there will tend to be one person who leans more skeptical, who, who's a non believer, then there will be a person who's. Completely and a hundred percent in, and they really believe what's going on they're very very like they they want to be involved they they talk the whole time, then there will be another person who you can tell is is sort of frightened by the experience, and then there's uh, <laughs> and then there's yeah then there's uh, uh, another um, what was the fourth one I can't remember what the fourth one was there is there but it's weird yeah there's four sort of set personalities that sort of pop out of this random group of people. It, and again, like Greg said, they're they're sitting in the same spots. They're sort of having the same reactions to the seance itself. So it's just really interesting. I mean, the what we'll be able to do at the end of all of it is look at everything that has that happens from from the hits to what they're right. missing mm. to what kind of people are involved in it. It's just we'll be able be to get really, seating
3: charts so people can look at seating yeah. charts they can see where these exactly. people sat. they can they can see you know where they aligned on the believer skeptic scale uh they'll be able to see all of this stuff and and we'll just make that data available and they can use it researchers can take this stuff and they can they can try and make their own correlations with it if they'd like yeah that would be um, awesome it, it, just mm-hmm. a, like a fun, interesting thing to do that, that hopefully will give some really interesting insights into the nature of spirit communication.
2: Well, it sounds good. I'm, I'm impressed. I didn't realize that it was this uh, intensive sort of a research project. So, I'm,
3: I'm... <laughs> well. When you see like seance, you think old school seance, and I mean, maybe that's maybe that's uh, you know a, a problem we need to, we need to address with some some better press. But uh, it is a bigger <laughs> A bigger thing than it, than it immediately seems because people do seances all the time, but they don't mm. do them like this.
2: Right, right. And I like the fact that you guys are sort of documenting all this stuff because it's like, oh, it's, like I said, I, I, you know, I didn't realize that because, like you said, when you when you say seance, you did not necessarily anything wrong with that. There's nothing bad about a seance or anything, but it's like you guys are doing all the seance in the for the sake of science almost. So that's pretty pretty mm-hmm.
3: awesome. Well. Science might be fuzzy. I, I I think a lot of skeptics <laughs> would probably probably disagree with that. Oh but, please, uh, I think so we that have to reclaim science from the skeptics. Yeah. <laughs> so I so am to with
4: of you curious there. people all over the world.
3: That's why right. we're documenting it. Right, right. I'm right. sure they wouldn't touch our experiments with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> but uh, they're not the people we're trying to, you know, work for anyway. Hey man,
2: if they hey I I've, I've given up on you know. I like science and everything. It makes everything oh, work. Of course, science but, is great, <laughs> but uh, I've, I've kind of, of given up on sort of the, the idea of scientists.
3: You know, they right. failed,
2: man. They blew it just as bad as all of us. I was trying
3: to figure of this course. out, so it's
2: still I mean,
1: unfortunately, happening.
3: Unfortunately, they they control they control their message and Wikipedia and all that kind of stuff. So they control the media. You know. yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of. You know, the cult of the cult of, uh, the cult of sciencey stuff right now is you know pop culture science. That's yeah. uh, oh, you know, yeah. The hotness of the hour. Absolutely, well, I, I yeah. fucking love science is the most abhorrent just disgusting <laughs> abomination <laughs> on the planet.
2: Why do you say that if you don't mind I me, mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, I barely know I thought it was just like a news aggregate. Why? Why
3: are they? Why are they? No, no, uh, it's 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 totally like pushing this weird pop culture science agenda, which is uh, you know some some really like just there's thinly veiled memes made out of out of garbage pop culture science to people who you know think that just because they follow the website, oh, I'm I'm real smart. That kind of thing. Ah, uh, I see drives what you're that that drives me nuts. This whole like people who are like, yay science, and then you're like, what kind of science have you done lately? I don't know, but I like the meme. I shared the meme, the science meme. I'm smarter than <laughs> people who believe in ghosts and Bigfoot, and
1: I'm
2: a skeptic. That's no, I know I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, or it's like you could be like, well, what's your favorite branch, or what? Do you have a branch you like, you know? And they're just like, just science.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Neil Neil, Neil 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 deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, favorite. exactly.
2: I follow him on Twitter, so you know. <laughs> yeah,
3: you know he it's... says that Star Wars is uh, scientifically inaccurate. Oh, so I hate those I'm not things, allo- man! Not allowed to have fun anymore.
2: Yeah, I hate those articles. Like they're like, uh, yeah, why Planet of the Apes couldn't <laughs> happen? It's like, well, get right. the fuck out of
3: here! Thank you, thanks, <laughs> man. <laughs> right. Thanks. Like who who needs to who needs that, dude?
2: There's a lot of like the skeptic thing. I you know I'm not a big fan of skeptics. It's like they just take the magic out of things. Feel like they don't have any imagination.
3: Right. I'm sorry I keep banging on about it. It's I No, no, a no, it's fine. It's a sore spot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. It's all good.
3: <laughs>
2: we haven't. Yeah, we're not. We're not taking shots at anybody. We're just saying you know skepticism. What? Who needs it? You know, it's good to be skeptical.
3: <laughs> it's good to be
2: skeptical, yeah. but
3: you know what it is? It's a it's a big S. It's the big S skepticism. The the cult right. of skepticism. You know, the that's that's what drives me nuts. They when you're when you're so skeptical, you're not skeptical of yourself or the the community you belong to. Probably not a good thing. Yeah, well, we're stuck with
2: them. That's the.
3: <laughs> that's true. They're not going anywhere. Although, I will say this right now. I'm going to make a prediction. They're going to have a very nice. bad year this year. Skeptics will have a 2016 bad year. I is going to be a very bad year for for capital S skepticism. Don't ask me why I, I think that. I just have a feeling. I have a gut feeling. Something that's not scientifically verifiable.
2: Well, that's but. interesting because I thought of that question sort of for you guys, but then I see, then it seemed like you guys guys are kind of both of the same mind as me where it's like uh, – <laughs> You know that I don't know really we're, if there is an answer. What's that?
3: We're synced up now. Exactly. Um, synced up.
2: But you know, we're well, the three of us are all relatively young. You know, we're uh, you know we're not part of the AARP yet or anything, so we're kind of like <laughs> not quite. You know, by default, we're like the next generation of this <laughs> this pursuit. <laughs> and it's That's like a scary in, thought. I know, and it's heartbreaking in a lot of ways because, you know, I've come to know a lot of folks, and we've had folks on the show that have passed away, and it's like, ah, oh, geez, you know, they spent their whole life, and they never got any answers, and hopefully they're getting answers right. now. It's the only solace you can take in the whole thing, and it's like – but there's a part of me – I guess it used to bother me. Now, now I've kind of thrown up my hands. That's why I said I I kind of wasn't going to bring this up, but I figured it, it would bring some interesting conversation into the mix. <laughs> but It's like, do you think – no, 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 that
3: wasn't
2: <laughs> We might open up an interesting thing <laughs> avenue. Um,
3: uh, I follow. I follow you.
2: Okay. Do you think? Do you think? Um, do you think like we'll ever get an answer to any of this stuff uh, before you know our time on? Or, you know, we shuffle off this mortal coil because like we've got, God willing, you know, hopefully the three of us each have at least another uh, thirty years, you know, and the way things are going, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was only want to speak for myself. I'm just hoping for another 30. I'll take 30. That's all. So, so
3: That's sad. That's what you're pulling for is 30 years?
2: I lead a very reckless we're, lifestyle, Greg.
3: We're living in the future. <laughs> you're going to extend your life. You're going to live to 120, and then you're going to upload your consciousness into a machine right before you die, and you're going to get shot off into space, and you're going to live forever. That's what <laughs> you're going to be Floating
2: around in space on, online. So do you, do you think, you know, if uh, – b- b- barring that – awesome development. Do you think we'll ever, you know, like I said, I mean, I grew up with this stuff in the 80s and and uh, as like as a young kid. I think we're all like in our mid 30s or so, but I maybe um I you know, I don't Well,
4: that's, that's
2: spot on. Yeah. So it's like I I think we all kind of grew up with this, like you were saying the Time Life books, you know. And I remember those ads right. and it was like and 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 you know, we we haven't gotten any answer. It's really frustrating and and you know, you try like I say, you try to get to that zen place, but at the same time it's like in the back of your mind, you wonder, like, oh, I wonder if this is ever really going to be solved. And, that, and you saying that skeptics would have a bad year made me kind of think that, where it's like, eh, all we need is one one victory here to rub their face. <laughs> <rub their> <laughs> <down." laughs>
3: right, right. Uh, I think have... that – I don't think we're going to see the answers anyone wants to see. I don't know if that's where you were going, Dana.
4: I, well, I was going to say, you know, I think my, I might have a weird – ish answer i think what will happen is we will have more questions on top of the questions we already have but i think that'll be a good thing i think there'll be new questions i think there'll be new ways of thinking about things and and in a way that you know really the bottom line is that would be sort of a success we if we were able to sort of somewhat verify things to the point where we would have a whole bunch of new questions to ask
3: all over again yeah, I, I don't know saying. as if we're going to get those answers that we really desperately want. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to say definitively, yes, there's life after death, or yes, there's, there's beings from uh, another planet coming here. That one I think actually might be – that would be a little closer to being answered. Uh, well, we'll see. I don't know if in our lifetimes. But mm. I think what's going to happen is we're going to slowly start to answer these questions – not in a quick way where all of a sudden it's going to be a big bam, there it is. Everything's changed. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a slow progression because, I mean, when you go back and you look at what people believed, you know, thousands of years ago, uh, it, it, it's, it's mind-blowing that we're here. But that's, that's not how it happened. It was a gradual thing that wasn't a big shock to anybody's system as it happened. And I think that's the, the natural progression of how we, we evolve and how we're meant to evolve to wherever it is we're going. But I think you know. By, by the time we've answered these questions like is there, is there life after death, which I think is, is going to be a more complicated answer. Like Dana said, it's going to be more questions mm. when we get the answer to that. Uh, we're going to be dealing with so many bigger, crazier issues by that point because we're going to be floating around in the advances of space. We're going to be, we're going to be trying to go places that, that nothing has ever been before, that we've never been before. So I think that it's going to be one of those deals where – it's it's just, it's going to happen but it's not going to happen you know it's not going to be a big like boom major right. discovery kind of thing. I think it's going to be a very slow thing and we'll be long gone by the time it's accepted. Yeah, I
2: hope not but you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, to speak know. to, like, Dana's idea, it's called, like, to bring, you know, this is sort of an extreme version of sort of that idea, but it's like, maybe they land, maybe they get, you know, maybe they keep looking around on Mars, and they're finally like, yeah, we found a temple up here. And it's like, right. at that point, that's okay, but, okay, so now we have more, it's like, all right, well, who the hell left this temple up there? Where'd they come from? Where'd exactly, they go? And, you that's know. A whole new
4: world of questions to ask. I think, right. uh, I think that's probably, that's the optimist sort of, up. Thought, I guess, of of what potentially could happen within our lifetime. That's what I like mm. to
3: think, anyway. Well,
2: well i
4: you
3: like, go. No. We're just going
2: go
4: ahead. Go ahead, Greg. Go ahead, Greg.
3: No, I was just I was gonna say we just what we're gonna have to do is we're just gonna have to upload our consciousness in the machine so we live <laughs> Not forever. Not again. <laughs> and then we'll be able to find all the answers to these questions, and uh, that is how we. You know what? That's what's gonna happen. That's how we're going to find life after death. Is we're going to we're going to find eliminate out if we death, can eliminate death in a way. I think the body, the physical body, will still die. There'll still be a physical death, but I think that consciousness, you know, who's to would say? Would you that, do that, Greg? Going?
2: Would you really like upload your totally. your you know yeah, absolutely? Why not? would you do that, Dana?
4: Absolutely not.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't totally want to do that.
4: Different opinions on that. Why? I would Why not? never do that. I just think because I feel. Awful. I, I, I... It's so Go
3: unnatural. Ahead, I, I was just yeah. saying, I just
4: think it's just so unnatural.
3: <clears throat> yeah, but there were people for, forever ago, there's still people to this day who are like, I'm not going to take a vaccine. That's unnatural. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're, the mm-hmm. ones just... are gonna, they're the ones who are going to die. It's part. Of, the, the natural progression is for us to evolve out of our bodies. We're going to create something better. We're going to evolve out of it. And then what's going to happen is we're probably going to start like peeking backwards in time and look like ghosts to people when we show up and, and, and you know, see what they're doing and try and point them into a better direction so we reach that point further, you know, closer on, that kind of thing. That's what I think. It's an
2: interesting, yeah, it's sort of an interesting mind experiment because there's a part of me that's like, like Dana's saying, you know, it seems really unnatural and at the same time it's like, I don't know. I don't really fear death it's, or anything, but who knows? As I get closer to it, I might have a different opinion. But it's like, part of me is like, I presume that something else happens. And to me, that sounds like the far more exciting journey than sticking around here in a computer while you wait well, for well, maybe people to figure all this just, out.
3: Maybe we <laughs> die and go back into the, the bigger computer. You know, Maybe that's what actually happens. We, we go back into the giant hard drive. That is, you know, mass consciousness or something like that. But, you know, who's to say that we're not meant to improve ourselves? What if the next step in our evolution is is to create the place that we're supposed to go? You know, that's, that's what I think is fascinating is the fact that we can engineer our own future.
2: Hmm. I don't know. Well, they talk about it a lot now, too, so it seems like something That's that right. could happen before we die. So it might actually well, be a choice we a, have.
3: The singularity, right? The singularity is supposed to happen in, what, 40 years? Something like that? So you got to hold on. you got to give yourself more than 30 years. man. I know, <laughs> dude. i got to start working out. <laughs> so I can
2: make it to this. Uh,
3: start taking those vitamins.
2: Yeah, to this mind computer thing.
3: I don't, yeah,
2: dude. I don't know. This technology scares me, though. I don't like it all in a way. It's kind of cool talking to you guys because it's like we all kind of came up in the same thing, too, where it was like people don't, there's a weird generational divide of like people who came along in this post internet age and the people who didn't, where it's like, right, that's just not the same world as (laughs) that I ever really remembered. Although now I've been getting used to it over the last 10 years. It's really weird. Right.
3: Well, the fun part about where things are going is you can never really tell. Like, we always end up getting somewhere, but we're never really sure. It's never – we don't get there the way that we expect to get there. So, like, I, I'm sure you remember this as a kid, again, since we all grew up in the same era. For some reason, in, in the 80s, the Mark of the Beast was huge. Yeah, yeah. People – you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, there were books. They
1: were yeah, talking about yeah, we're yeah. We're all
3: going to get chips implanted into us. It was just this like mm, yeah. a lot of it was like super crazy religious propaganda about how you know the antichrist is going to come back, but you're going to get a chip implanted in you. That's the future, and that's what the future is. They're going to they're going to embrace it, and they're going to say that's the way to be, man. That's how that's how we're going to evolve. How kind of like you know I'm saying with a mass consciousness. I re- I'm doing the antichrist work now. Hmm. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. But but what's what's interesting is. It did happen. We all have right. chips. We
2: have cell phones.
3: We have cell phones. But that's what's funny about it, is we bought them. We paid for our chips. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly, so dude. Happened. Yeah, you
2: line up for it, you know. People are fighting right. for them.
3: But that's how that's how the change is gonna happen. People are gonna right. want it. They're just not gonna they're not gonna understand what they're actually doing most of the time. So, you know, when people say you're gonna get a chip, no, you already have the chip. I mean, I used to sell cell phones, and there was an old guy who came in who needed a cell phone, and uh, he didn't want to give me a social security number. I'm like, dude, we have to have it for, for a credit check. He's like, I'm not going to get it, blah, 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 mark of the beast, getting a chip. And I, I told him, I was like, dude, you're buying your chip right now. The government can track you. No right. Matter, you could take the battery. You could take. You have to literally take the battery out of it. And even then, it still has enough juice to be tracked. And that, of course, he didn't get his cell phone that day. So I'm a terrible salesman.
2: Well, but you're an honest salesman, and that's, that <laughs> yeah. says something. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, How long so, how long ago was this? That guy, I don't uh, even want to – yeah.
3: He's well, long gone I, mean, I grew gone up now. in a very small town, a very small town. And, and, I mean, we didn't get a cell phone tower until, like, 2006, if that tells you anything about how small my town was. I worked at a, at a radio shack – where my job basically consisted of programming farmers' remote controls.
2: <laughs> oh, nice! Yeah, now, Danny, so, you're you're from Canada. Is there, and now you're living in America? Have you noticed any sort of mm-hmm. difference between the two sort of cultures with regards to all this weird stuff? Like, are they more kind of cool with it up there, or are they? What's their attitude?
4: I, I think. I mean, I, Americans are definitely more paranoid than Canadians are. There's, that's definitely. <laughs> The case. Yeah. I mean, maybe for good reason. Um, Canadians are sort of we're, we're a mellow bunch. We're just not really that worried about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, just yeah, like really for the most part, the whole ghost hunting event thing didn't even really start happening in Canada until a couple years ago. Like people weren't there weren't these like massive groups of people going. To look for ghosts in famous haunted places until maybe two or three years ago. So, oh, weird. as far as the paranormal goes, but yeah, Americans are definitely more paranoid than Canadians are. Well,
2: geez, you know.
3: Can you blame us?
2: Can you? Blame yeah, us, Dana?
4: understandable. Every few
2: generations, we kill our leader. It's like I don't think that's ever happened <laughs> in Canada.
4: <laughs> right.
2: Has like a Canadian pr- like president ever been killed? I doubt it.
4: I don't
3: believe so. Or prime minister. Well, I mean, give them time. Exactly. Canada's yeah. not been around all that long. That's true. That's true.
4: How long has Canada up be? been around? I think, oh, God. Um, oh my God, I'm going to sound like the worst Canadian ever now. I think it's like <laughs> 160-something years old. Oh, I know wow. that when we went, to, we went to Missouri State Penitentiary this summer, and uh, A-Hall, which is like their, <laughs> the oldest building in uh, – the entire penitentiary is older than Canada. So oh, wow. that gives you an idea. That's, there was a building yeah. that I was in this summer
3: that is older than Canada is. Interesting. See, we think that's funny. And then, of course, you know, Europe is laughing at us. I know, yeah.
4: Right, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's you know, well, it's weird. I, I guess it's probably kind of the same with Canada, too. It's like, uh, you know, America and Canada have this kind of like, we just took over the place Uh you know, right. Europeans right. Or whatever. So we have this weird rich like we don't have this weird rich history of like um, you know of white people. We have this history that we don't even know about. It's it's really weird. You know, it's really like mm-hmm. unfortunate too in a lot of ways because it's like what kind of kind of culture are we? We just came and took over and wiped out this other culture. We don't know anything. We you know stuff about it, but it's like not
3: the same. You know.
2: I think,
1: mm-hmm.
3: the, think the correct answer is we're a melting pot. That's what I was. That's what I was taught. We're a melting pot.
2: That's what I was taught as well. Yes, we are Cle-
3: clearly, clearly considering all of the, all of the grand issues that we're having being a melting yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <we are>.
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find a good analogy to that melting pot nowadays, but yeah, it's a what, a, what it's a, a
3: terrible world we live in.
2: It's a strange
3: stew, that's for sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Now you mentioned you don't have anything. Uh, Obviously, you guys do the appearances and stuff, uh, but have you thought mm-hmm. about doing a book? Or uh, I know you made a movie, Greg. Have you thought about making, you know, another movie? I mean, you guys, it feels like you guys are crying out for sort of like a road trip movie. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't done something like that yet.
3: <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because I don't know. It, we we suffer from that problem where it's like uh, the the right time will come. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, you think the right time will come to do it? And of course, mm-hmm. everyone knows that's that's never the case. The right time is now. But uh, you know, I don't know, we, we, we keep talking about books. I uh it's funny, I, I actually was uh contacted by someone to, to write a book and uh I I wrote the first chapter, I did the whole pitch and everything and, and I had an agent and, and she shopped it around and everything. Um and and the problem was it was uh everyone loved it, everyone loved it, but it was too similar to uh books they'd done before that had failed, so people oh, are jeez, people, yeah, I know right, I know, so you know we'll see, we'll see i mean we're uh we're having fun, and you know if if having fun leads to something that's cool and we have fun doing it, whether it's a book or or a movie or whatever, you know we uh we've been working for years on a web series. Uh, mm. uh, called Engaging the Strange, which is where, you know, this idea for, you know, the alien abduction experiment came from. And there were all kinds of other things that were involved in it. We hung out with vampires and, and really, really weird, crazy stuff. Um, and it just, uh, <laughs> after after the alien abduction experiment, um, the guy who got abducted said, I'm out, no more. This <laughs> it. I if, if the rest of it's going to be like this, I can't do it anymore. And uh, people just kind of dropped off the project, and and that's how that's how it ended up being me and Dana, just mm. just me and Dan, me and Dana doing weird, terrible things to each other. Uh, <laughs> well, so, you know, when well, you know, we'll when, get to the point where we release it eventually, but you
2: know, when you're working on a project and you end up becoming known as the guy who got abducted, I think that's time to bail out.
3: That's <laughs> probably that's
4: probably a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> You're like, I'm
2: Greg. This is Dana. That's the guy who got abducted. At that point, it's like, you know <laughs> think what, guys?
1: About the publicity. I, <laughs> the I will publicity.
2: give you a book idea right now because I I couldn't yeah. do this. But you guys could, so just this is my idea.
1: Okay. You take the
2: museum, okay? Right. You, you get a nice person who knows how to take pictures or do it yourself. I I presume everyone everyone's a photographer nowadays. That's the other. Oh
3: right, right. Instagram. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And you do, like, a coffee table book of these different curios, you know, like an, oh, a man, picture I'd of the thing, and then on the right side is, little, is the story, you know? That would be a cool book.
3: Yeah, that would be really cool. Oh, I like be that. And easy to do. I like that. Well, there we, go. So, there we go. There
2: you go. Just thank me in the acknowledgments.
3: Will do. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have you, we'll have you write the, uh, the intro. Okay. All right,
2: deal. Yeah.
3: All right, deal
2: i got to come see this thing. Now, let me see where these, these things are going to be. You, do you know them off the top of your head, or should I look it up on the website? Uh,
4: I, I think, think the think next right one...
2: Now, let's
3: take a look. The next one okay. is Stanley.
4: We're, we're, doing Stanley. Um, we're doing the Stanley. That's Hotel in April. In
3: April. Uh, after that, we're going to be at uh, Troy Taylor's Haunted America Conference. That's in June. That's going to be in uh, downstate Illinois. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
3: we're doing... Uh what's the one after that?
2: There's one it's after It's gonna be that. the Michigan Paracon number seven in uh St. Yes, Murray's Oh
4: yeah, that's there we go. Yep. Um
2: that's in late August.
3: Now yeah, we're doing Mount
4: Mount Washington.
3: Yep, we just got that, confirmation that we're until gonna until do November. Mount Washington. In uh I think and that's we'll what, fill, New Hampshire. Uh,
4: we'll, yeah, we'll be filling it in um our schedule in as as we go to because this is just sort of like what we just have right now.
2: Wait a minute, yeah. hold the phone. I mean, Did you say you're going to be in Mount Washington? With, uh, now I'm a bad American or a bad uh, New Englander. That's in new, new Hampshire?
3: I, yeah. I want to say it's in New Hampshire, right? Yeah, it's yeah. New Hampshire. That's uh, yeah. like
2: right around, my, that's right around my neck of the woods. When's that going to be? Well, there
3: you go. That
4: one's uh, November. It's at where we're doing, yeah, the, the Mount Washington Resort is where we're going to be. Yeah. All it's
3: right, Amy well, Bernie I'll see you in November in the then. Landscapes. Well, there we go. Awesome, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And if know, you're, who knows what uh, kind of bizarre stuff we'll have on display then?
2: I know, and if I don't know how how far away you are from Cincinnati to Dallas, but a whole ass load of us are going to Dallas just to hang out for uh, WrestleMania weekend. So feel free to oh, come. Oh,
3: WrestleMania!
2: Come down if you like. <laughs> yes,
3: but only there like three go, of us Dana. are going
2: to WrestleMania, but we we've decided to take over the weekend uh, and oh, all just awesome. get together for. For drinks and uh, hanging out, uh, it's going to be me, Greg Bishop. Uh, I think Micah Hanks is coming. uh no, Red Pill Junkie, Micah. Joshua Cutchin, oh a whole bunch Don't of folks.
3: Joke. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, now, so, now I have to go.
2: Yeah, you should. Uh, like all you, all these
3: people, all these people, I've, I've wanted to meet, and of course Micah. Any chance I can get to hang out with him?
2: Yeah, so we're all just going to well, be hanging around. Well, I've always around, wanted so. to visit
3: Texas, and I've never I've never visited yet. So I'm sorry, it's you're gonna gonna be gonna cool going to have to go to WrestleMania. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we got about like twenty minutes left. Dana, tell me a little bit more about this show that you hate talking about, though. I want to know like what was it like. <laughs> oh
1: God! I, I know,
2: but ditched, I'm Dana. just confused. I just I just want to know what it was like. You know, I can't. Yeah, I guess it's like an experience that so few people have, and I've never had it. So like, what's it like? Is it annoying? Is it, you know, it sounds like you're kind of just embarrassed by the show. You know, it's kind of like a, a youthful indiscretion, let's say. But what, you know, <laughs> what was it like being a part of this this weird reality show? I don't know. I don't know how I would take to it.
4: But, I mean, the, the nice thing about it, too, was that it was before all of the mainstream popular sort of paranormal television. So it was before there was really a formula. And I mean, for the most part, we were surprisingly just allowed to run around in these haunted places, and they just filmed us. So I mean, it was a, it was a cool experience. Really, I joke because the name is the Girlie Ghost Hunters, and that's pretty cheesy. But it was a great experience, and um, I got to go to a lot of really cool places, and I, I it was it was a fun experience. I'm glad that it happened. Um, something that I can look back at and sort of laugh about. But, yeah, yeah, for the most part, really, we were – it wasn't – there wasn't much producing, really. They just sort of let us talk to people who had had experiences in these places and go and spend the night in places. So we got to spend the night in some historical forts and some old jails that have been converted into hostels and old cemeteries and – it was a it was a very cool experience, but mm. yeah, definitely, it's funny. It's, it's really more funny than anything else.
3: What I think is the most interesting part about it, and and I don't know why Dana always glosses over this, but this is what I think is fascinating. I think I think the the nitty gritty of, of of paranormal TV is really fascinating. Oh, so, absolutely, yeah. A typical episode, and I mean, there's really no way to know for sure. I mean, you can kind of ask around, but. Um, I think the typical episode of like a, a decent paranormal television show is is what to make a quarter million dollars. Do you think that sounds about right, Dana?
4: Um, I, I guess it would depend. It would depend on
3: the show, but maybe that for the more, about more popular. popular what I've heard, yeah, for like for like It really costs that well much to make
4: the ones. episode.
3: Just the episode, like like I think Paranormal episode, State, you- for example. Yeah. Was, yeah. was pulling like a, like a quarter quarter million an episode, I think is what it cost, so like towards the mm-hmm. end. That's and it's, it was a really well-produced show, right? And so yeah. you, you tell people that, and they're like, where does the money go? But well, there's I mean, a lot of people the castle,
4: live. yeah. You right, can see where right. the money went when you look at that show. But well, I mean, the, so, so the Girly Ghost Hunters was made for literally one, what cost one episode of Paranormal State. It was a $250,000 budget for the whole series. And that's oh, wow. like 13
3: episodes. <laughs> so well, when he and like we... our friends who have done TV, are like, "Oh, tell me about the girly ghost hunters." And and Dana tells them like what it costs. They're like, "Oh, per episode." And Dana's like, "No, that's for <laughs> all every single episode," and they cannot but, believe it. I mean, that's in crazy. Canada, we have this we have this thing
4: called like Canadian content laws. So basically, on television in Canada, a percentage of the television that airs has to be Produce in Canada or by a Canadian production company, right? And that's basically because if we didn't do that, we like <laughs> you know we would just buy up American television shows and never sort of support the Canadian entertainment industry, which is a thing. So the the budgets are so ridiculously low, but that's obviously because the industry isn't like what it is in America. I mean, the, the industry here is just massive and mm. it's just this monstrous thing. Whereas in Canada, it's definitely, I mean, and I'm sure it's the same. It's the same for like in, in Australia. I know it's very similar, and I think in Britain it's pretty similar. That the the budgets, at least for the most part, are a lot less than what you would see in but something they here. But Give
3: you like crazy, crazy tax breaks, which is why so many American shows actually like just hire Canadian crews and yeah. shoot the stuff in Canada. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it, like it rookie sounds blue. it sounds worse.
4: Right there you
3: go.
2: <laughs> now Dana, I'm sure you get this question all the time. But does the cast still keep <laughs> in touch?
4: Um, well, we're all kind of related, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we. Oh, all it right. It was myself, my sister, my cousin, and my sister's best friend. So, um, luckily, we were related and we all knew each other pretty much our entire lives. So it was a really it was a fun experience because of that because we knew each other so well. Yeah, it's like so, a home yeah, movie almost. It's yeah. I mean, like, basically, it was just my friends and I got to spend somebody else's money and travel around the country for an entire summer. So it was it was a really cool experience, like, as far as that goes. But, yes, hmm. we do all keep in touch.
2: That's good to know. <laughs> well, you know, I watch a lot of those behind-the-music type things on these shows, you know, and you never know, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Did yeah. they all
3: – Secretly, Did... they all hate each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Did did now obviously you continued down the path of the paranormal and and like I said earlier at the start of the show you sort of evolved your interests. Did the other folks who were in this did they kind of like uh, move on from all this or are they also kind of interested? Or are they doing anything? You know what you know what became of uh, the other the other girlie ghost hunters? Um, they,
4: interestingly enough, I'm the last surviving person. Um, they, <laughs> they they they've always been interested in in the paranormal, and really, I think that most of them sort of live vicariously through me, and um, they love the stuff that I do, but they just sort of have moved on from it and mm. not, really inter- not really interested in it anymore.
2: Well, you know, that makes sense. Start popping yeah, out well,
3: kids, and then you get, like, priorities, and real jobs. Exactly. You got a mortgage. Yeah, and thing, know. you are going to into
4: the... Whole monster area and started hanging out with some really weird people, which is can be kind of terrifying at times. So, some of the people are very colorful, interesting weirdos. So <laughs> you can imagine that some of my family members probably wouldn't want to hang out with somebody like Tim Holmes, for instance, who's our one of our favorite Bigfoot hunters, who takes loaded weapons into the woods and he's a,
3: an <laughs> certifiably insane,
4: <laughs> certifiably insane man.
2: But well, that. Yeah, it, we got like a few minutes left, so let me ask this question. Now, I guess uh Greg, you think it's a ghost, so I guess it's negligible for you you, but it's like uh the the big question with Bigfoot is like do you kill it or not? And it sounds like you guys have at least been in some situations where you're with people who like would theoretically have the means to do so. I guess you yeah. kind of you don't really have a choice then, right? If you're off with some dude who has a gun and you he's like I got Bigfoot in my in my field here, you're you're kind of you know, you're, you're kind bung, of like an unwitting accomplice at. to the Bigfoot kill, right? Yeah. <laughs>
4: this,
3: no, no, no. I mean, this it's guy. weird, too, because
4: we've I mean, we we've, we've gone out uh, to look for Bigfoot with people who are very different from one another. So, for instance, Tim Holmes, who's this very aggressive guy who walks around with a loaded weapon, and his whole thing is he will shoot Bigfoot
3: if he sees it and kill it. But the, and but the truth is he'll actually these, like, run away screaming. That's the
4: that's, that's the truth. But then we've gone out with guys like Dallas and Wayne who are very gentle, sort of like take a very different approach to their uh, sort of fascination with Bigfoot and their search for Bigfoot. And uh, I, think, I think that like what Greg just said, I think that for the most part, I think if someone were to actually physically see a Bigfoot in front of them, uh, I don't think that they would actually shoot it, I, I, at least in Tim's case. I, don't, I really don't think
3: that he would shoot it. I if think you he would look, probably freak out. If you look at most cases where people have seen these things, mm-hmm. they they will report that they, they could not move. Yeah, and, that they're and most awe, the time basically.
0: That,
3: that, that it's, it's reported as like awe, but then there's other people who take it a step further, and if you really grill them, they'll say, no, I physically couldn't move. Yeah, that's true. I could not go. I could not go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. It mm. seems to be this strange, this strange underreported side effect of seeing mm-hmm. a Bigfoot. You can't move. People do like the same Bigfoot thing when they see sort of control. Yeah. yeah, when someone yeah. sees a UFO, they, they sit there, and then after it's gone, they go, wait a second, why didn't I pull my camera out? Why exactly, didn't I take a video? Yeah. Why didn't I, when mm-hmm. I do it? It happens. It happens all the time. It even happens when people see ghosts. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if, if people could shoot it if they wanted to, for one. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people who said they have shot it are full of crap. I don't believe it for a minute. Yeah. Uh, again, partially because I think it's a ghost. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I think that if if you really do think that Bigfoot is this intelligent creature that has managed to hide from us for so long, it is so intelligent, you probably shouldn't shoot it. I mean, morally – you probably shouldn't shoot it. The answer to that question is not really worth the life of, of, of uh, a smart creature that could be as smart or smarter than us. But mm. uh, Dane and I are also vegetarians, so take that with a grain of <laughs> salt. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. There's a part of
2: me that thinks if he could shoot it, somebody would have somehow by now, but, you know, I, I don't, think, I don't I know. Think,
4: I think that's probably the case. There's a lot of people who say they have. I mean, there's, there a lot is. Of people. there's people who say they've wounded Bigfoot, that they've actually like shot him, but then he's run away and left sort of blood behind. But um, I don't know. I, I Never like, happened. Again, like, Never happened. I feel like if if it were going to happen, it would have happened already. And I I remember Art Bell. Do you remember the guy up from Art Bell who called in? Was his name Bugs.
1: yeah, uh, yeah.
3: Who? Yeah, yeah, he claimed that he shot and killed and and, apparently I mean, art has like a secret map or something of where it's buried. Yeah, to the actual sure. body. That was compelling.
4: I mean, it was a compelling story. It's a good story.
3: story. But. Yeah, it's
2: a great story, but it's like, I find, you know, I, I, I turn my nose up at these people who say they like cohabitate with Bigfoot because like, then just prove it, dude. You owe it, you know.
3: Yeah. Well, they can't because if, if it's happening, it's a ghost. It's a ghost <laughs> and they can't prove it. And, you know, sometimes the people see people see ghosts and they can't someone standing right next to them can't see the same thing.
1: Mm.
3: The, thing the thing that the thing that I keep thinking about and I've been thinking about it a lot is Dane and I did an event at uh uh it was Mackinac Island in uh up upstate Michigan mm. and we were leading a ghost hunt and there were a ton of people in the room and uh what you started to smell like, like B O, right?
4: Yeah, it basically smelled like a like a like someone who hadn't showered for weeks. Like it was just this and it was it what, the strangest part behind it was that sort of we we were in this room for 40 minutes, maybe 50 minutes, with the same group of people, and it was nearing the end of that session and all of a sudden I smelled this overwhelming like overwhelmingly powerful smell and I and the first thing I thought was there's no way that it could be someone in this room because we would have all been smelling it for the past 50 like, years. Yeah, we pendant. were jammed. There's in just
3: it. no way. Yeah. So, and, and here's the other fun thing no one else smelled it. And Dana didn't mention it until. I didn't mention
4: anything. There was, there was a woman who her. was standing next to me. Yeah. There was a woman standing next to me, and I could see her sort of like recoiling and making a weird face. And we both sort of looked at each other and. And had this moment. I was like, "Can you smell that?" And and she completely agreed. That yeah, absolutely, 100%. She could smell it, and it was sort of this really strange thing. And then
3: they were the only we were all two to smell it.
4: Yes, yeah, so we were the only two people in the entire group of people. As we're walking back uh, to meet up with the rest of the group, she kind of like offhandedly tells me, "Oh, I don't have a sense of smell. I, I'm <laughs> I can't actually what? smell anything." So, so this woman yep. who doesn't have the ability to smell anything
3: actually she smelled, smelled
4: something, but she smelled that, and it was just her and I who smelled it.
3: So, oh, it was what's interesting Super... about that? What's interesting about that is that's a smell that people report when the ghost yeah. of Harvey is nearby, who haunts that room. There was mm-hmm. some strange stuff happening in the room at the time, but what's so fascinating is two people can smell that, no one else can. Two yeah. people sitting in the same area, one of them doesn't even have a sense of smell. So what does that tell you about the way that ghosts might work? Maybe you're not seeing something that's tangibly there. Maybe something's being projected into your head or the right neurons are firing in there to, mm-hmm. to make you recall a certain smell. So maybe that's why one person can stand there, see something, someone right next to them can't see it. I don't know. It's weird. There's weird stuff happening.
2: Yeah, they need to figure out how the brain works, man. Better. I know. <laughs>
3: yeah, that might be the next step, right?
2: That 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 should be the call. That should be right there. That should be the slogan. Make the figure out how the brain works better.
3: <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves.
2: Yeah. Once they unlock that, then they'll be in good shape. How awful would it be if you couldn't smell, and that was like your one moment? That was
4: it. <laughs> right? You just got to smell just like awful homeless guy smell. It was just it was so powerful, and I mean. The thing about Harvey, too, was he was a, uh, a kind of depressed kid who, who had been hauled up in this room for a long time before he eventually took his own life. Oh. So he would have smelled like that. He would have smelled like someone who had been depressed and had been mm. bathing for weeks and would have been living in sort of like, you know, his own filth really, to a certain extent. So it was this really weird kind of very strange experience, but it was really cool and weirdly validating at the same time. Yeah. Well,
3: I, I think that's that's interesting insight into the nature of ghosts and, and intent when it comes to having a paranormal experience. So the people who don't want absolutely cut off, they just shut their brain down, you're probably not going to see it. But if you're open to it, maybe they can fiddle around in there and make you see them. Yeah.
2: Um, that poor lady, she was probably like, does every, <laughs> does everything
4: smell like this? Is this what real life smells like? Yeah. <laughs> no, thank this is you. Awful. <laughs> this is <a>
1: terrible world. <laughs> oh my she God. she only I'm experienced good. it
4: for. <laughs> yeah, you can turn it off again.
1: <laughs> she only
4: experienced the smell for I think maybe four or five minutes, and then it was gone, and that was it. So, and oh. she actually, I I couldn't remember her name for the life of me, and one, I I wrote an article about the experience, and she found me on Facebook. And uh, sort of was able to retell the story again and just said, you know, ever since then I, I've, obvi- I've gone back to not being able to smell anything, but it was a very strange experience for her and it was really cool. Nice. Nice.
2: All right. Well, we're at the, uh, we're at the end here. The English lady's going to come on in a minute and start yelling at me. So the, <laughs> uh, the website is weirdhq.com. Uh, very mm-hmm. simple. How did that was, that was awesome that that was out there. Uh, Seems I know. Like I can't believe taken it. Nowadays. I know. WeirdHQ.com. dot com. It's Planet Weird, yeah. and uh, there's all kinds of stuff on there, folks. So go over and check it out, and uh, go check out this uh, this touring museum. It sounds awesome. I can't wait to uh, see you guys. And there she is, and check it out. So. <laughs> Good luck with it. And thank you for coming on the show, guys. I really, really do appreciate it. I really loved this conversation. I had a good feeling going into it, and it, it definitely lived up to it. And, um, you know, it went down all kinds of roads I didn't expect us to <laughs> go down, which was great. And, uh, you know, and you didn't have to regurgitate all your different adventures because I, I felt really bad about that. You know, it's like, oh, these guys tell these stories all the time. I don't want them to have to recount the same stories over and over again. We love so, to hear
3: ourselves great. talk. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right well uh i guess that's it for the show thanks to all the folks who tuned in live and uh nobody in the chat room tonight it was very weird so i don't know Sorry. I guess that's, no my it's fault. my fault no, no no dude it's my fault it's what happens when you <laughs> barely ever do shows and only announce them with like 36 hours notice it's like people are like i have plans but uh yeah so I guess that's it. So thank you guys for uh for tuning in. I, I uh I would like to talk to you off the air if I get a chance. Uh For sure. I, yeah. All right. Uh Greg, send me the the number to call uh, you know, on Facebook after I and I'll I'll Will close do. out the show and I'll give you guys a buzz like in ten minutes.
3: Sounds okay. good, man. Thank there you again.
2: Go. Oh thank yeah, you. Thank you guys so great. much for coming on the show. Like I said, I really, really enjoyed it and uh you know, it was a great conversation, so Best of luck with all your adventures, and keep me in the loop on them.
3: Will do, man. Absolutely.
2: All right. Have a have a good night, guys.
3: You too. Bye. Take care.
2: There you go. There you go, folks. That was Dana Matthews and Greg Newkirk from WeirdHQ.com. Great conversation. Really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, uh, talking to them, I had no idea where some of these avenues were going to go, and uh, I really liked how we got kind of like deep into this stuff and into the into the strange and unusual sort of uh side aspects of it if you're just listening to this show for the first time and you're like, "Who is this guy? what is this show uh this is banal of america audio you can find us at banal of america dot com b i n n a l l of america dot com uh what else check us out on Facebook banal of America on facebook just punch that in. And uh, head on over to the website if you want more shows from us. we got like 230-something episodes in the archive, all absolutely free. And uh, that's thanks to the donations from the outstanding BOA Audio listeners. So if you could help us out and make a donation and keep us in the black, that would be great. You can do so by... Firing off a donation through the website, there's a PayPal button there, and there's also a P.O. Box address if you don't trust the Internet and you want to make a snail mail donation. As we say all the time here on the program, no donation is too small, and all donations go towards keeping Banal of America and BOA Audio up and running and freely available for all of our great readers and listeners the world over. Uh, What else is going on? I couldn't even tell you what's on the next edition of the program because we've only got three episodes left here in Season 9. It's unbelievable, and I want to make sure we uh, put out the very best programs we can and not try and rush through this just to wrap up the season. So stay tuned to Banal of America. Stay tuned to BOA on Facebook for the latest from Banal of America with regards to future episodes. I could see us sort of settling in here and uh, maybe doing a show every couple weeks until we wrap up the season. That's kind of my my sketch pad plan at the moment. But as any uh, long-time BOA Audio listeners know, uh, my best plans almost always go astray. But with three shows left, I have a good feeling we're uh, going to just settle in on down the runway and wrap up Season 9 in the not-too-distant future. I hope everybody enjoyed the program tonight. Thank you to all of the listeners. Thanks to the hardcore BOA audio listeners. You are the fuel that drives the Banal of America mothership. Without your support, this program would be just a whisper in the night. And uh, thanks to you, you guys have made us the juggernaut that we've become over the last decade or so. So thank you so much for your support. Stay tuned for more Banal of America coming at you at some point soon, I hope. And uh, with all that said, Hopefully, I'll be out of the tiny room soon. The uh, the Banal of America office is almost done. So I think, uh, you know, maybe the next show I'll be on Skype. Who knows? That's kind of the plan. Maybe get some microphone action going in here. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, we'll definitely, hopefully, be out of the tiny room by then. You wouldn't believe it, folks. I'm banging my knees on this desk. It's like, it's just so unbelievable. But I should take a picture of the tiny room. Uh, But maybe I will and post that on Facebook. But with all that said, I could ramble all night. But uh, i got things to do myself, and I want to talk to uh, Greg and Dana here for a moment off the air. So thank you so much to all the great folks tuning in. Until next time, this is Tim and all thanking you for once again – thanking you for listening. (laughs) Let me start that over. This is Tim and all thanking you for making BOA audio part of your esoteric audio playlist and thanking you for listening until next time. Good night, everybody.